Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 105 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back. I'm Ben, and once again, I'm joined by Blood Tithe Ben. BT, how are you doing today? Hello, it's been a while. It has been quite a long time since my last pod. Yeah, about a month. Oh, of course, you were traveling. You were traveling. I was traveling. traveling. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to say I changed color, and then I flicked the lights on, and I'm pale again. So (laughs) maybe maybe it didn't, you know, not as tan as I thought. Uh, Once you're an indoor cat, you're always an indoor cat. And and we, we we have dragged on... Our 3D printing correspondent and TO extraordinaire, Ian Triple Pow Triplo. How are you doing, Trips? All, all good, although I uh, didn't have to do any TOing. Left that to the able Ben and Milton over the weekend as I uh, got in there and played the odd man in. I feel like I feel like you're the father of our current TOing method. Like, <laughs> each of us had, like, this siloed, like, method of... And it worked brilliantly... But the overall architecture, I feel like, has made it a bit... It's like the Codex Astartes. <laughs> You're the Gilliman of games days. Yeah, uh, or either that or the genuinely the father of the group, as disappointingly <laughs> we worked out about a week ago, and therefore I'm not talking to men anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> got yeah it good... turns out Ian's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> You need to listen to him, Ben, and get some, uh, get some cable organisers. Um, yeah, my God. <laughs> anyway, other than that kind of tech nonsense, what are we talking about today, BT? Uh, today, we are going to be talking about the tournament that we just mentioned before. Um, and also, we will be talking about... Uh... <laughs> if only... If only there was a show notes document. It's loading. Why is it loading? <laughs> Someone um, bail me out. Yes, all right. So it is Bonehead Bowl review. Oh, okay. We had Bonehead Bowl at the weekend. Um, I think that's probably the reason that Trips and I have both uh, got colds. Uh, so if um, if either of us splutter or cough into the bike, we do apologize. We're going to try very hard not to let that happen. But we're going to be talking about Bonehead Bowl and then... We've got like a chunky period of Blood Bowl at the moment. Um, and there's a lot of individual things that we want to give appropriate amount of time to. So what we're going to do today is we're just going to look at the key impacts of the new star players from the Almanac that's coming out this week. And also from the FAQ that dropped this afternoon. So we're going to be able to kind of chat about the biggest impacts to Blood Bowl happening right now. That sound all right, Ben? Yeah, that sounds great. So I've got my head in the news section. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, something else dropped just a few minutes before yeah. the show. So I tell you what, we'll take a sec and then it's Blood Bowl news time. Just some news. Okay, so Blood Bowl news. Um, guys, I think we'd agreed that there was going to be no more releases this year. I, th- I feel like that was kind of what we took Yeah, away. while Ben was away, we decided that was it for Blood Bowl for, for the end of the year. There would be no exciting news, no drops of anything, nothing to pre-order, nothing about gaming at all going forward. And 
That is well. slightly wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> On any given Sunday, which is not just an NFL reference, it's very much a Blood Bowl reference. Um, however, to be fair, the, the Blood Bowl releases that dropped on that Sunday pre-order was like way down the bottom of the page like after a year's worth of age of sigma stuff um and there's two brand new releases so uh well are they released yet they're not released yet are they they went up for pre-order last weekend pre-order yeah yeah Yeah. so they're coming out this um this sunday saturday Uh, oh yeah this weekend thanks trips i'm glad you're here um so the first one uh was something that i don't think I think we talked about it, but I wasn't expecting anything to ever come of it, which is the Dungeon Bowl Deathmatch gaming supplement. So in the original Dungeon Bowl box, which is not limited, you can go onto the Games Workshop website and buy it, which I don't I was kind of not expecting to be the case. But you can still buy that. And I mean what were the what were the teams in the original box from last year? Fire and Shadow. That's the ones. Fire yeah. and Shadow. And now this one's dropped with Death and Life. Um, an interesting mix of teams. So the College of Death, there's one sprue of Undead, one sprue of Necromantic, which is pretty cool. And the College of Life was one sprue of Wood Elves and one sprue of Halflings, which, I mean, the only other alternative there could have been um, Nurgle, which would have been... I think it'd be more interesting. But, yeah. I, I kind of I kind of think maybe Nurgle would have been better, and I imagine that a lot less people buy Nurgle than they buy Halflings. <laughs> um, but it comes with that, and it comes with six, seven, eight tiles, something like that. A few, uh, basically three rooms, and a f- couple of corridors, and um, a couple of T junction and an, an L junction. And they've done a really cool thing with this, and we'll have a look at the release article in a second. But they've they've basically brewed the whole thing up as a reference to like an actual historical dungeon bowl match uh the dungeon bowl finals between a specific college of life and a specific college of uh, college of death team in the specific dungeon they've got the layout for the dungeon that that match happened in and they've got special rules for college and for life for each of the tiles the tiles are reversible so they've got life on one side death on the other side so if you liked all the special rules for the rooms in the dungeon bowl box set that came out last year they've this is basically just an add-on. Now, you absolutely, positively, definitely need Dungeon Bowl Box because, I mean, there's there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven tiles in there, which is not a lot for anything, really. Um, so I don't think I, there's even end zones, is there? There's no end zones. No, you're bang on the money. Yeah. Even if there were end zones, putting it end-to-end would just be a very poor experience. <laughs> I mean, most importantly, there's no teleporters. And let's face it, that's the real reason you play Dungeon Ball, just to repeatedly roll twos and lose every gutter runner on your team. That pain never goes away. Um, so, yeah, it was cool to see that. And we'll, we'll have a bit of a chat about that in, in, in a moment. And the other thing that they've uh, they've released is the 2022 Almanac. And the Almanacs tend to not be very exciting. I really like them because it compiles everything in one place and there's normally like a little sprinkling of some new rules or something in there. This one's pretty special though in that there's eight new star players and these star players do not have models although there are pictures of some of the models in the Spike magazine. So there's a picture of the new uh, Nobbler and the new Scrapper in the, the back of the Spike which is very cool. But these are the star players and i think they are the the most star players that have been like there's been a clamoring for these guys uh for for a little while now so both of those came up for pre-order on saturday and um a bit later on in the episode we're going to talk about the, the the biggest kind of 
star players that are featured in that spike magazine uh, and kind of why we think some of the other ones are missing because i think there's a couple of tells in there based on which star players we saw out of it so yeah those those two dropped and, and i mean i know i say like on any given sunday but i still remember when i was driving back from from southampton one one sunday afternoon and uh i was parked at the blooming train gates in totten which is very aggravating and it's entirely my fault for choosing that road and the little group chat went mental because uh lizards were just just popped up on a sunday preview like we hadn't seen any spoilers there was no preview video of a preview video of a preview video of two people talking about a book there was none of that it was literally just oh yeah next week you get a new blood bowl team and i remember that moment and i've stuck to that moment and this is probably as close as we're ever going to get to that moment again i mean i feel like amazon's was like that wasn't it like oh, we had a like no. one tiny teaser which people inferred really no, Amazon's coming out of nowhere. Didn't they? No, Amazon's Amazon's dropped on the preview video in July, and then came out in October. <laughs> oh no, I don't mean coming out, but like the news. Oh, oh you're the news Amazon finally came, came out. Yeah, it, it got to the point where we we'd all given up checking the preview to see if it was in. No, 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 no. Yeah, I know that was that huge thing, but the Sunday, <laughs> I feel like the team. We weren't expecting the team. The yeah, team yeah. But, but lizards were like that without the previews. It was literally oh, I remember that. nothing, 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 nothing. And then was, the, yeah, the Sunday preview was like, <laughs> uh, next week you get a Lizardland team. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I remember that. Oh, God, the old, good old days. I know. It takes me back a bit. Uh, but I mean, Ben, were you, were you expecting an Almanac this year, given that they'd only released two teams? Uh, probably. I think it's part <laughs> of the course now. Like, uh, Although we've only had one Almanac in this season, um, I think pretty cool to i was sorry i think it's pretty normal for them to release an almanac every year that's what they did with 2016 right i had a bunch of almanac yeah 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 i think i was expecting it but probably in january February, yeah. with a, another team snuck in to fill it out with with team three yeah but to be uh, fair it's got ripper in uh, worth like seven it. teams so. <laughs> that's it i mean if you think about it, you get you get three new stars per team, and there's eight new stars in this book. So we've saved ourselves yeah. eight to twelve months of releases here by getting these star players to the pitch. So I mean, I think it's brilliant. I'm I'm really pro it. I, I, I the other thing I like that what they've done is when they've just randomly released a star player, which I think started with Creek, didn't it? It's just a case yeah. of hey, we made a model. Here's some rules for it. As I remember, oh, usually it's a teaser, isn't it? Like with the with corn and Amazons, it was always like and yeah, it was corn and Amazons. It was like teasing the teams and Norse. I think like they release the stars first, don't they? So. Yeah, this definitely allows them to slowly release the stars whenever they've sculpted them, sorted them out, and dropped them in. There's no like, oh, we've got to wait for a release. It's like that's six months worth of star player dribbles for us. <laughs> now we're still waiting for Bryce the Slice, the model for them, and. Also, the model for Grashnak. Now, if what uh, I think there's there's a big upgrade in the big guy sculpting at the moment in, in the Forge World star player sculpting. Like the last few ones we've seen, including like the big old lizard boy and stuff, they've been big. They've been awesome sculpts. I do think that's because Windsor Chog is on the team. Mm. Uh, so I'm expecting a really good Grashnak from them when it when it drops. Like the most recent glottal stop is an excellent model so i i want to see grashnak land and be really 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 cool um yeah so that's actually happened which is pretty cool so 
this Dungeon Bowl expansion, um, I'm, I, I mean, trips. I'm a really big fan of them adding that amount of fluff into it. So they've got like the, a pamphlet that's labeled as a spike death match. And in it, it's got the rosters of the, like the teams of legend, like the, what the hall of fame teams and stuff. I was yeah. not, I was not expecting anything like that. What do you think about that? I, well, I think really pleased to see dungeon bowl getting a bit of love. If you want to get a couple of dungeon bowl teams, it's a very cost effective way of, getting hold of a couple of teams and they are both good fun teams to play uh, and i like the fact they've thrown in the, the sort of the different room with the werewolf lair and the detail um that's going to be a bit more fun it's a bit disappointing it's not the full game so if you're opening this on christmas day and thinking excellent i can have a game of dungeon bowl this afternoon you're uh actually going to be stealing cardboard from other people's presents to fill, <laughs> fill out the tiles and the details but Great, great to great to see it, and and good, good to see it. Another little box to to keep people going. Yeah, uh, I I I I like it, and I think you're probably right. I think another, actually, no, I no, I don't think that's right, because I think I recall when the Dungeon Bowl box set Ben came out, there was quite a lot of, um not a divide in the community, but there was kind of a lot of a lot of reluctance to say sort of like. All I want is the tiles. All I want is the teams. All I want is the rules. And I think if they'd released the entire dungeon's worth of tiles again, mm. with like uh, with 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 teams as well that people already had, there might have been a bit of uh, a bit of pushback. Whereas actually, they've released a set that's forty-five quid for two teams with some extra tiles and some extra fluff. You know, half the price for it, it's just a bit a bit of an interesting what I would say mid-range buy. Yeah, I think the I think the price is also really reasonable for this, and this is what I want to see from expansion packs. I don't, you know, expansion packs shouldn't always come with the base game, like you say. I, as long as the base game is available to buy, expansion packs are welcome. Yeah. And that price yeah. point is a big difference. I mean, the, the dungeon bowl you can buy it today for eighty nine pound. You can but you can pre order deathmatch for forty four pound. That is a substantial difference. And, yeah, and four screws VW forty four quid. Plus <laughs> Well, well, Ben, this is it, and like one thing I don't want to go on, like un, I don't want, I don't want to go missed. His um, that's eighty-eight pounds for four Blood Bowl teams. So if you've got a club, or you've got an event or anything coming up, actually, it's a really great way to get a Wood Elf team, a Halfling team, a Necro team, and an Undead team for yeah. a way less than the price of the boxes. Like that's what a hundred and. 130 pounds for four of those blood bowl teams actually for you know 90 you get four blood bowl teams from games workshop i know there's stuff you need to add to the halfling team to make them viable but um i don't know i think it's still kind of a, a clever extra way to do it um and, and yeah the werewolf room is in there they've gone they've gone um they've added what i would say is 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 death zone level fluff rules into this and i think dungeon bowl is definitely headed that way and i don't think the article actually shows it but in the book there's an actual dungeon layout so that you can mimic that exact game and I, again that's what i really wanted to see moving forward because ben you're a big rpger right having yeah. set piece dungeons and things like that are really kind of it's, there's just something wonderful about it and 
we've had all these dungeon tiles for a year now and actually starting to be like oh great actually let's play in the tomb of elemental evil you know let's let's bust it out let's bust out the dungeon from the 2494 dungeon bowl and play that <laughs> it's not symmetrical though which upsets me uh yeah it doesn't have to be that's what i like about dungeon bowl it's not symmetrical you know you can really mix you know mix it around i love it or do you mean the teams wise no well i mean the teams never symmetrical. Uh, no, the, the, but the map oh have, okay yeah i was gonna say yeah have yeah. a bit of a symmetry thing i guess when it comes uh, to uh, in, in tournaments maybe for fun ah go crazy make a long <laughs> corridor with a dead end or three teleporters <laughs> that'll be great and you can tell that ben is quite a big fan of playing the college of fire <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll have one corridor please uh college of fire people um anyway the next bit of blood bowl news was the faq now we're not going to take a full-on dive into this what we are going to do in a minute is pick out some of the most important pieces for your league or tournament play but overall i was really pleased with the faq this mm. time around guys um yeah there's 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 one bit that's fallen into a bit of conjecture and and the natural kind of rage um that happens on facebook as soon as anything is ever said um which we'll cover in full in a minute but as far as the faq went i think the majority of it was just like yeah that makes sense yeah that makes sense that's how we've been playing that ever forever anyway um of course you're the one picking the results of the dice uh but i mean how did you feel about the lack of tier or star player changes uh <sighs> I, I I think it's okay. I, I think the I would rather see the star player cost changes. Um. So is that what is that what you infer, or do you mean like, like I, I there like I mean we're we're probably going to touch on this in a minute, but the fact we're getting two bombers is something I'm a little bit sketch, uh, like nervous <laughs> about. I think bombers can maybe go up in cost. Oh yeah, um, we especially are now going to be talking about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I heard, heard a video earlier talking uh, about it, and I. I said, I think I'm. I think I'm fine with the tears not changing. I didn't think there yeah. was any massive need for that. I think there'll be enough data and evidence, hopefully, that come May there might be a little tweaking of some low value bomber type <laughs> stars, just a little bit higher. It's it's, yeah, it's unfortunate timing because you can't ever keep something that's not released yet. So. Yeah. I'm not sure like, Games Workshop have ever not done that before. <laughs> they tend oh, that's to, true. That's they, true. They, they, they tend to wait till day one of release, especially for like 40k. Or oh, no, when uh, when were the Space Dwarves released? Because they they yeah they, they got leaked before they came out. That yeah. was before that was out, right? <laughs> yeah. I think so, or at least before you could buy the codex, because you could get like the army set. I think. I think yeah, that's what it was. The codex right. came in the army box, but not on retail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's 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 a bit unusual because it will be really. I think 50k bombers for both teams, for like every team in the game pretty much now, apart from if you're chaos, you don't get it. Um, I think, yeah, I think that could be a bit problematic. But we'll see. We'll see. Bomb bombing is fun, but bombing like every single time is like, ah, it's this again. Yeah. If everyone's super, no one will be, you know? It, it's, it's quite funny. I saw you post it really quickly in one of our group chats, Ben, and then I saw it copied all over the internet, which is like, oh, great, bomb-ball. Here we go. Oh, I stayed off the internet, so it's good to see that I'm aligned with the with the rages on the internet. So, yeah. Sadly, sadly, sadly so. Um, okay, dokie, what else have we got going on? Oh, this was quite cool. So um, 
uh, Warhammer community, they post stuff every day. Um, I read of it mostly every day because, well, you know, when you're in meetings, sometimes you just need to read something. So they had the events page and inside it, I was like, oh, okay, let's have a look and see if they've got any uh, Blood Bowl stuff going on. There's a weekday Warhammer Blitzing Sevens tournament on Thursday, the 16th of March, 2023 at Warhammer World. It's a Sevens competition mm. four games i think it was four games yeah four games at warhammer world midweek and it's four four months away and that's a long enough for me to be able to make sure i book that day as a project day or take it as holiday or something and so i've got no meetings and i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna book this tickets go on sale on the 5th of december and go on up there for a for a warhammer world day yeah that sounds fun i think i might come with you yeah Come on, trips. Come on, trips. Oh, I shall look <laughs> look forward in the diary and see if I can suitably manipulate it. Thank you. A few days. It it's sevens. Um, there's not a the build is is um is plain six hundred. Yeah, yeah. They've got the you get skills as the day goes on, um, but it's basically like league with resurrection powers, which is kind of cool. Uh, there we go. Four four days. So it starts at ten. First games at half ten. Second games at half eleven. Then there's a lunch. Uh, then game three at two. Game four at three thirty. Awards at five. Warhammer World closes at ten. I think it's cool. I think it'll be a really good little little fun day. Plus a little trip to Warhammer World. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> oh, and the painting competition is just a lineman. That's quite fun. Yes. And up a really good lineman. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna struggle to be. I was kind of thinking about this. I was like, oh yeah, cool. It'd be nice to get a team painted up for it. And then I kind of had to stop myself because I was like, oh, it has to be a Games Workshop team. Oh god, yeah, you're right. I don't yeah. know if I, yeah. <laughs> I think all of us are probably going. Yeah, I'll take that. No, no, oh no. I was just oh, like, no. oh, I was no, like, no. oh, love a sevens. That'd be a great opportunity for me to paint up a slam team. You can't run slam, Ben. <laughs> Games Workshop don't even do a slam team. Uh, I was I like, they did though, right? No, right. no, they, they never did a whole slam team. They've never. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so I was like, oh yeah, he was like, um, Lord Croak, like sixteen times. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So kind of got to try and figure out what would be the the most kind of edgy way to get a Blood Bowl team into warhammer world to have it be technically legal but also be yeah. as as like hipster as possible you still have to worry about forge world stars because sevens thing. could use an entire team of forge world stars that's that's not <laughs> if a, you're a millionaire that's not a bad idea <laughs> hmm. have to think about that one have to think about that one uh i guess a team of conversions or could go retro and hunt down like an old second edition team I've got a second edition dwarf team, but dwarf and sevens are a bit of a unique challenge. Could take a team of uh, special edition space marine captains because there's <laughs> never any of those released. <laughs> the Primaris uh, Patriots. I'm a little bit nervous how many people are going to show up for this, though, being on Thursday. For sevens, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thursday for sevens tournament. That sounds like. It's like the three of us go, you've got a chance again in the top three, man. <laughs> I like this. You know what? We get to go and have a, day, a great day at Warhammer World as well. Uh, and uh, you don't have to give up any weekend points for it being on a weekend. Which, True. Which... I mean, nice and quiet there. 
So. Yeah, you would imagine so. Anyway, it looked like pretty good fun, and uh, I was quite excited to see that. Um, now, a couple of things to mention before we go into the biggest news item that is definitely going to lead us astray. I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone out there who supports us um, by watching, by sharing, by coming to our tournaments, by supporting us on Patreon or being a YouTube member. Just a massive thank you. And we've had a few people join the crew uh, in the last couple of weeks. We've got Jason Driver, uh, Stefan Herbel, Graham Pickett, uh, Bjorn Wendelbo Schwartzbach, um, Kenzie Smith, Stephen, Thomas John, Davin Perry, Barry Scobie and jack 1994 thank you so much for helping to support the show it just means we can do more of what we want to do which is make as much blood bowl as possible because more blood bowl is more better so a massive thank you to everyone for that and um our next tournament is going to be coming up soon and it is only 12 or 13 weeks away now which is in february i think it's the 11th and 12th might be the 12th and 13th it is on the rules pack 11th and 12th uh which is beachhead bowl now in the next couple of weeks you'll see the full rules pack go out and our new miniature courtesy of brute fun go live as well for the star player of the event because the fen beast is returning and uh yeah really excited about that event so yes come and play blood bowl with us and thank you everybody so much for supporting us in every single way now i wanted to get that in there because one big thing that's coming out next year fortunately after beachhead is gonna be blood bowl 3 and today blood bowl 3 released a bit of an update to talk about what's coming up on their system which is the blood bowl 3 season system overview <coughs> excuse me now we'll link the video into the show notes so you can go and kind of uh, watch it or catch up um it stars the guy i think who is in the uh world war one movie that's just landed on netflix uh which is a great <laughs> film but it actually looks exactly the same as him um a very different nation but the I was, german one yeah i know this guy's What's french it again? It's, it's really famous book uh, it, uh it's really bothering me quiet Sorry, on the I'm western front or something yes or quiet on the western yeah. No, it's I don't know. It's a great film, very harrowing. I really did enjoy that. I, Tiff finds it very peculiar because I have a penchant for for war movies that are in foreign languages, and she's like, "What? What are you doing?" Like one of my favorite movies is a film called Lebanon, which is filmed and shot entirely from the inside of a Centurion tank in the Lebanon War, and it's and it's entirely in Hebrew. That's amazing. Oh, dude, it's it's a really harrowing moving movie and it, um, it's got tank in the title so it's it's all <laughs> yeah. about it. shot shot from the inside of a centurion tank i was like yeah this is cool it's not an award-winning film because it's not had a chance to win awards yet um oh got films come on we got to figure this one out anyway there's some cool stuff coming for blood bowl 3 but it creates a bit of um a bit of some emotional things Right, I think we need to figure out what this film's called, otherwise I'm going to have all kinds of problems. No, it is, you're right. Let's, let's you're type right. in war. All quiet all on the quiet. Western Front. It is, yeah. Yeah, you're right. right. It yeah, was yeah. right. It looks just like the same dude. I mean, I'm very aware it's not. But, God, that was a great film. Really harrowing. And the other one I like is called Ninth Company, or Devya Ruta, which is shot entirely in Russian and is about the Russian-Afghanistan war. Loads oh, of... You've accent to me. Uh, loads of MI-24 hind helicopters flying around. It's kind of like, um, what's the Stanley Kubrick movie? The the famous Full Metal Jacket. It's like Full Metal Jacket, but from the like a Russian version in Afghanistan. Oh, anyway, 
Anyway, <laughs> bougie war movies, 101, episode 105 of the Blood Bowl podcast. Um, <laughs> anyway, Trips, I feel like you got the uh, a bit of a, a jump start on this video compared to the rest of us. So give us the, the, the brief on what the Blood Bowl 3 news was. Yeah, so, well, firstly, uh, important news about the release. So the confirmed release for everything, including the Switch. The Switch will not be ready on the 23rd of February. It will be following afterwards. Um, and then the whole thing was about season. So less think less DLC uh, for, for Blood Bowl 3 and more seasons. And seasons will be three months long. And each season will have a blood pass. Um, that blood pass will, if you buy the blood pass, and beautiful um, uh, uh, there, Ben, each uh, blood pass will get you access to the new faction, for which we can say team, um, and then new features. And, and there's going to be loads of customization and coloring and bits to add on for your teams using the in game currency of Warpstone which will all be entirely customizational stuff not to do with the game at all okay there's a load of bits to take away from that and i'm going to try and put some positive spin on some of the positive things first of all the fact that it is coming out on the switch is awesome i know there's a load of people out there who aren't full-on don't have the pc to run it or don't have a ps4 ps5 or something like that who do have the switch there's a good opportunity there to bring the nintendo people along with us into blood bowl and my wife is personally very excited about this she was like oh great if it's coming out on the switch i can play some blood bowl and dude let me what? tell you yeah absolutely well she's she's got me printing a pokemon team at the moment ben to try and uh, wow print it. yeah i know <laughs> igglypuff jigglypuff and wigglytuff um did my test prints last week they're looking pretty good uh and well, Ben, you are the biggest proponent of, of this, of anyone I know. Game tutorials are such an effective way at helping oh, people learn. So this, this game, even if the tutorial is only as good as the Blood Bowl 2 one, which is fine, will be a massive asset if it's on PlayStation, if it's on Xbox, if it's on PC, and if it's on the Switch, when someone's like, hey, we've got a Blood Bowl league, I've never played Blood Bowl, Pick it up on the DS. Oh, not the DS. Yeah, pick it up on the Switch. You know, PS4. <laughs> play, play the tutorial. I've got it on my DS, actually. And, yes. um, and you know, it's a great way to learn the tutorial. So really big fan of that. Uh, the second thing is that the customization options being from Warpstone, uh, the ones they showed in the video, looked really cool. So it is entirely skins and that kind of stuff, which I know means nothing to some people and everything to others. I think it's cool. And I think that's going to help your teams look really good. I was really impressed with what I saw in the video. They had the tree man kind of go through different Voltron pieces. Uh, and I thought that was very cool. And the third positive bit I'm going to take away before we hand over to Ben uh, is that um, Blood Tithe Ben, or also known as Blood Type Ben, and Blood, oh, yeah. Blood Time Ben can, Blood now, time ben, yeah. can now soon be Blood Pass Ben. And that is probably <laughs> the thing I'm most excited about, about this whole thing. <laughs> because he loves oh, I can't like that I can't he, like that he loves a loot box does Ben ah oh, just the best just the best well okay I will say one thing I was prepared to go into this when, when he had linked the article and like it was just like the new like season pass I'm just like oh god's sake why does and this is a family friendly show so I won't say what I actually said but um <laughs> like 
just like, why does everything need a battle pass? That was my first reaction, okay. I'm just like, I am really tired of games as a service, like ongoing subscription models. I think it can be really prohibitive for a lot of people to get into the game, especially like there are games like Destiny 2, which I think do it quite egregiously sometimes, where you can be just like, unless you're playing it all the time, like it takes over your life, you're missing out on value or you can pay money. You're incentivized to pay that money so that it doesn't take up your entire life. And that's, that's essentially like why I find them a little bit problematic. Um, I did watch the video, and I don't think it's as bad as I thought it would be. I was thinking it's going to be like, we lock everything behind the battle pass, unless you pay the money, you can't get your new teams. Um, and then if you miss the season, you can't go back and get the old season stuff. That's how a lot of games do stuff. You have season-exclusive things. And if they release a team season-exclusive, that would be that would that would definitely be bad. I don't think they ever touched it in the video. But my, from what I can gather, is that if a season has passed, you can buy the previous season to get a team. That's what I'm going to see. Well, that's what I'm going to assume is the case. I'm going to assume that too. And they did say yeah. that there's kind of a, a way you can essentially grind through to get the new faction for that new season. Yes, that's something I did quite like too. So you, the, the team that will be released every season, uh, you can get for free. But again, there's no indication of how much you have to play to do that. And they've got their premium currency in there, so they're going to be chucking that at you as well. And I don't know. I, I, I find some... It's something I'm getting very frustrated about getting. Um, <laughs> I've been for very long frustrated about in the games industry um, is the monetization. Like, it's... It, I find it prohibiting for a lot of people. Um, I find... People, people don't have time or money these days. Like, none, none, of, none, of, none of either. It's very precious. Yeah. And so it, Battle Pass has tried to take both. And that's the bit that I find is a little bit jarring. However, <sighs> this game doesn't seem to be doing it too aggressively. And I like how transparent and honest they're being in this video. A lot of games would just release it and just be like, there you go, deal with it. Um, bye. Give us money. Um, they're being quite upfront about it. Um, so I think it's going to be all right. I think it's going to be all right. I quite like the fact that what it will do is encourage people to keep playing and keep the game alive. But I don't think the game ever had a problem with that. So. I love this whole idea of a three-month season bit. Oh, that's the tree man with all the, the fancy bling and stuff. I thought it was really good. Um, and the fact that they've got... what is it? Is it 12 teams at launch? Uh, I think so, yeah. Okay, yeah. and we've got 28, 28 teams in the game, plus slam, so 28. So 16 teams missing, which is four years' worth of DLC content, assuming Games Workshop don't release any new teams. That means that Every three months, there will be a new season. Every three months, there will be a new release. Um, and actually, that will freshen up the meta. And I know this from being a Magic the Gathering player of old. Every three months, you get a new set. What that meant is that the play would shift. Things would be different. Everyone would be like, oh, I'll try out these new cards. Or, oh, I'll do this, something different. And that's going to be massively useful for Blood Bowl 3, I think. Um, now, I don't think they actually talked about what the league system looks like and whether that season element is going to force teams to redraft and stuff. I, I don't know. I don't think they touched on that. But from a release and excitement point of view, that's going to be really great fun. Okay, so uh, February 23rd, the game lands, which means we can therefore reasonably assume that the end of May will be season two and there'll be a new team out in may which means we can spend the first week of may playing a new team and we can spend the first week of of, of um or the last you know the first week of june playing a team that the first week unless of... you're a free player 
Well, yeah. You have to wait case, until the end of the month to get your <laughs> Well, no, new season starts, and then, yeah, you, you binge and you, you brew up those points. Now, from a DLC point of view, I I mean, I'm very, you know, we're very lucky. We're, we're, we can, you can afford to play Blood Bowl. A new team from Games Workshop that comes out once apparently every six months is £35 plus a £15 spike plus a £30 pitch, which is, and then a Forge World Star is, you know, £90. Uh, you've got to buy the game for this one, but then that DLC is going to be less than £90 every three months to get a new team and stuff. Actually, you know what? I, 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 while, I while I understand that paying £100 a year for a game's DLC is horrific because that's like two other console games from a blood bowler point of view <laughs> paying that much money for a new team uh doesn't feel yeah too i bad. don't know if it, i don't know if it's fair to com- compare the two though because it it doesn't cost them any more to release the team at the start or at the end or like it, it, it's not like it's an ongoing cost i the, the ongoing cost side of things is pretty negligible for them unless I'm I'm assuming a lot of the stuff they're releasing is going to be made up front. They're saying in the video it's you know it keeps the development active. I don't know how true that will be. Um, I'm I'm putting a cynical hat on this, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm being very cynical towards this. I, I think I it's really important like... that you do. I think it's really important that we get a balanced yeah. view of this because I'm t- I'm so um, Stockholm syndromed that if Games Workshop were like for only four hundred pounds a year you can get two new teams i'd be like well you know if you think about how much you spend i suppose that's reasonable <laughs> it's not but that's so you know your other view ben is a very useful one and it's entertaining yeah, I, too i i, I, I don't the, i don't sorry Ian, sorry and you go ahead uh, I mean, the thing that um struck me in the update which could come back to bite them in the butt was the the game is going to be cheaper on release because of this Oh. And you're like, well, it, it's quite easy to say that when you actually haven't released a price for the game yet, yeah. because then you can just say it was going to be more expensive. But if it is genuinely not going to be a full price game to get in, good, because that will get the player base in and detail. Um, and the Blood Pass will work as long as the game works itself and we still want to be playing it three months in. If the game's broken and nobody plays it, then... Yeah, no one's going to be getting the new faction three months in if the teams are broken. Yeah, I do hope they keep the development up though, because as as we've seen literally today, rules will get tweaked and details, <laughs> and I don't want to end up having to learn the rules for the game and the rules for the computer game and the rules for the tournament game and well, the is, rules for the tour play game. And you, you, this is what's put me off playing Blood Bowl Two. I, I love Blood Bowl Two, but. I know that if I play a lot of Blood Bowl 2 right now, when I go and play actual Blood Bowl, I'm going to get rules wrong. And I'm going to... Oh, that's a bold thing. <laughs> no, it isn't. It is, it is a fair thing. It's a fair thing, actually. If Blood... I just call it actual Blood Bowl. Actual is, Blood yeah. Bowl. That is yeah. the most yeah. modern of Blood Bowl. I mean, I'm I agree. A, you know, it's kind of like, well, that's actually how the rules work for Blood Bowl. What you're playing is the old edition, which is cool. Like, I love that. Yes. But actually, yeah. that's not the rules for the game. And if you go and buy Blood Bowl, you're going to be playing it wrong. Um, which is incredibly easy to do um, and apparently it's easy to do even for the people who write the FAQs which is pretty exciting too um, you know I'm a big fan of multivariant games again I'm going to Magic the Gathering like Draft is my favourite version which makes sense that actually Sevens is my favourite version of Blood Bowl because it is a limited pool and uh, it's quite amusing actually I have very similar very similar takes to it um, <coughs> excuse me anyway the season overview 
it's interesting every three months new faction you've got a blood pass we don't know anything about prices we don't know anything about prizes we don't know how how the ladder's going to work except there is going to be a couple i thought it's promising in there was one thing there are no tournament features at launch. that was a quite a big red flag i thought as it no i say red flag that's that's about that was big and negative that they had they touched on so at launch there'll be no way to run a tournament only league that is very interesting um they said it'll be coming in the season and that's also occasional as well i thought "Mm." so there's definitely going to be more in you can see that they've all they've they've done probably that that last cut of these are the things we can get done yeah and we are publicly committing to the 23rd of february as a release date and we are telling you now that there will be further things to be added in down the line. That's what makes me a little bit worried about the battle pass because we've seen this fail. Like Anthem is the biggest one. You know, when Anthem came out and it was like, oh yeah, it's not much at launch, but we're going to be adding it through the season pass. Just buy the season pass and it'll come later. <laughs> Never came, it shut down. Do you um do you mean that yeah. or, or do you mean the Warhammer Plus? Because uh, that that's <laughs> there's uh, one too. <laughs> that's probably the that most a good example to use uh, a word you used already, Ben. Egregious um, thing was a case of hey, there's gonna be more stuff soon, and and it's been maybe three videos a, a week. Um, ah, the eyes of the yeah. Bloodball three players are are they stand out incredibly like in like the uh, that's the one thing i was watching the video earlier and i saw the owa no the the mobility team and i was like damn they've got some freaky eyes i don't think i noticed that i was watching on my yeah, phone it, it, it looks like the, the eyes are from every undead team have then been transported yeah, it may the... just be the harrowing look of a player playing blood bowl going what am i doing yeah, these guys have seen some stuff Ah, oh. I mean, apparently they've seen the trenches, according to you. <laughs> hey, that's the vibe I'm getting. Oh, we hidden by the logo. Um, anyway, you know what? I have. Uh, I guess I have kind of not low expectations, but I have low low requirement for it. To be honest, because yeah. actually, Fumble is great. Blood Bowl Two is great. So actually being able to play Blood Bowl 2020, which for all its quirks, I do think is like the best Blood Bowl version we've had in a while. It just, it feels more alive and there's some elements of the game I don't like as much, but actually, you know, and I'm saying this as a Packers fan. So, you know, change is inevitable. This is a game about sports. No season is the same. No year is the same. Like nothing is ever frozen. Like and I think having a, a system that evolves in one way or another, change is always going to be there. It's never going to be the same as it used to be. Um, but actually, what you're going to get here is pretty good graphics, pretty good playability, and a really good way to binge a really good game. And like, yeah, I'm I'm fine with... If this was not Blood Bowl, you'd look at it and go, eh, no, thank you. But because it is Blood Bowl... You'll look at it and go, yeah, man, this is great. Like, I can engage with the game. And Blood Bowl's always been about the game, not about the models, not about the scenery, you know, none of that stuff. Because it is, it's all about the mechanics, really. And everything else is kind of caked on top in a way that is very different to a lot of other games, whether it's a video game with high visuals, whether it's 40K with high visuals, you know. it's Blood Bowl is very much a game that you can play with Lego. 
and it's the same game, just look at Fumble. And I think that's going to carry this to a point of loads of people probably going, why is everyone playing this game? Like, the graphics are really 2012, and the vibe is really 2015, uh, but it's popular. And that's, that's I think that's just what's going to happen. And sadly, I'm going to be propagating the heck out of that because I, I love I, this game. <laughs> I was going to say, of, of the three of us, how many hours are we going to put in? And I would go with a reasonably large amount. Apparently, I'm going to be taking a week off every three every three months now. Uh, but again, Steam Deck then. Going to change everything. Yep. Hmm. You know what? I, I second the motion. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is the worrying thing. This is the worrying thing. Uh, I might have to get one for Tiff, actually. She's got a couple of um, games she's backed. Did you hear that? For Tiff. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, not, it's fine when it's a present for someone. Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's a present for yeah. someone. Merry yeah. Christmas. I bought you a very yeah. shiny gift. Um, I'd like it back on February the 22nd. <laughs> I'm going to need to borrow that for maintenance. Uh, okay, okay. Right. Well, we've touched on a bunch of different Blood Bowl news bits. I think uh, we do have to, and I'm very excited to, to do a wrap-up for Bonehead Bowl. But I'm also excited to look at the FAQ and the... And the new star players are the biggest impact. Um, which order should we do this in, guys? Should we go Bowenhead Ball first, then impacts? Or yeah, in... that sounds good. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do a quick summary on Bowenhead Ball. Yeah, right. Okay, guys, we'll take a quick break, and it will be tournament time. Okay, so Bonehead Bowl was our first tournament, I think, that we ever ran. And it was all about mixed teams and doing something that you just wouldn't do normally or just a, another way to play. And then we hit COVID and we did a Bonehead Bowl online. And then we did a Bonehead Bowl, I think, with just vanilla rules because it was the beginning of the edition. And it brought around this year where we could go back to our roots of having a mixed team tournament. But Dungeon Bowl had also been released. So we had our Dungeon Bowl teams as well. Now, before we go into it, the full rules pack, the full standings, the full matches um, are all available on the Bonehead Podcast website. You just click the bit that says Bonehead Bowl 2022. You can see uh, standings. You can see the rules pack. That's what we're going to open up here on the screen. Uh, just to kind of give a bit of a brief on the actual tournament itself and how the rules worked. Because, like I said, we wanted to do mixed teams again. And we started in a very different way this time. We started using the keywords from teams. So we, we populated it out and we said, hey, you can take two teams that share the same keyword and you can put them as a mixed team. We soon got some feedback saying there doesn't really, there's a lot of stuff that you can't do and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. So then we just sent it back in time and included our original way of doing it, which was using alignments. Um, we allowed both, but going forward, we will only be allowing alignments instead of the tagline because the keywords are just not great. But it brought about this really interesting situation where you can run an absolute monstrous amount of teams. And from a from a mixed team point of view, the way we run the rules is you can mix two teams that share the same alignment. So we've got order and chaotic. That's it. That, that's simple. And you have to have at least four players from both teams, from each of those teams. So you can't just take that team and have a gutter runner. You have to have at least four players from that roster. 
And the team rerolls are the most expensive of the two teams. So if you take ogres with your whatever team, then your rerolls are gonna be 70k. It was a kind of like a, a marginal balancing point. And after the first bonehead ball, it worked great, and we kind of retained it in that way. So there's two groupings. Uh, we had Order, which was Amazons, Dwarf, Elven Union, Halfling, High Elves, Human, Imperial Nobility, Lizards, Norse, but with uh, but cannot choose the favoured of tag. Ogres, OWA, Slan, Vampires, and Wood Elves. And there was Chaotic, uh, Black Orcs, Chaos Chosen, Chaos Dwarf, Chaos Renegade, Dark Elves, Goblins, Human, Corn, Necro, Norse, can only choose favoured of. Nurgle, Ogres, Orcs, Skaven, Snotlings, Tomb King, Undead, Underworld, and Vampires again. So the whole point here is that it was just grouped together and allowed you to then come up with some really ridiculous and fun combinations. We also added in Dungeon Bowl teams as well. Now you can't mix a Dungeon Bowl team with another team, but if you wanted to run your College of Heavens, you could run a College of Heavens. No one actually did run a College of Heavens, which I was surprised at given the reduced cost of the Amazons. <coughs> but it's quite possible there wasn't enough time to swing that from the most recent brew. So that was the crux of the mixed team rules. It was a standard three-day tournament at Entoyment, and I don't know about you guys, but I love any time we get to go and spend the day at Entoyment. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. absolutely. There Dangerous is. being a TO, though. Huh? Dangerous when you're a TO, though, and you've got a million, like, so much time to just, like, wander around and buy stuff. Oh, the shop is so <laughs> dangerous. Um, someone did ask me, uh, actually, at the event, I think it was... Was it Baron? I think it was Baron. He was like, you know, which which is your favourite venue? Like, you know, you've done the Aegeus Bowl, you've done the Bic, uh, you've got Entoyment. I was like, going to be honest with you, I think Entoyment is actually my favourite favorite place. I know we're, we're kind of capped at 40-something Blood Bowl players because their, their shop can only host about, you know, only host about 50 people playing games, which is a massive amount of people, and we capped it. Uh, but the shop's good the parking's easy the uh, the venue's great and quite frankly the thing that tops it off for me is the qr codes on the table i just yeah. it's just my favorite thing like just to be playing a game be like man i really want a cup of tea but i'm playing a game we just scan the qr code press a few buttons and next thing you know carl just comes out of the darkness with your cup of tea uh and it's just wicked absolutely love it oh, i'm hungry i fancy pizza qr code it's just my favorite damn thing and i think the players of the day actually really enjoyed that element as well <laughs> yeah definitely okay so that's the brief of the tournament it was um 1100 build skills were based by tier and for a mixed team, the tiers were added together. So uh, if you're tier one, you get two primary. Tier two is one primary, one secondary. Tier three is two primary and one secondary. Uh, and if you are just a single team, so I'm just going to run Wood Elves, not a mixed team, not a Dungeon Bowl team, then you double it. So double tier one is four primary skills. No skill stacking. Quite a small skill package based on the fact that actually you can have two different teams mixed together and you can take the star players and mix them together as well based on those teams so the build was just absolutely monstrous and i think it's one of my favorite things to do is is brew up rosters now every time you run a tournament one of you guys is the odd man in uh bt we we sacrificed you to the blood to the blood bowl gods at the last event and it was your turn trip so what uh what came into your head when brewing up your roster for this tournament 
Uh, so what came to my head, I think I started sensibly this time with what have I actually got that's painted? <laughs> um, and then when decided, I thought, well, I'm going to go for, I, I was playing high elves in the Entoyment League and I'm having a lot of fun with them. So I thought I'd like to play them and, and play with some skilled up catchers as opposed to wait for them to skill up. Um, so that'd be quite a good excuse. And then, uh, what do high elves not have? Um, strength four is definitely what they do not have. So I thought I should take some lizards with the, uh, the, uh, high elves and, uh, take some sauruses with that. And then just because it is my theme of the last few months, I, uh, chameleon skink had to be taken just so I could say <laughs> on the ball a few times. Uh, yeah. An underrated skill. Too soon. Huh? Too soon. <laughs> now this is the thing when it comes to bonehead bowl all those brews all those combinations it's just it's it's almost limitless i think we did the maths and it's something like 600 different team combinations you can brew up and that's before you even look at adding star players and and the mixes it's just so much fun um and on the day, uh, we had 50 people sign up. We had a lot of dropouts. So I think we had 40 teams registered um, in the end, which was fine. I mean, we, we had one, two, three. I think there was six tables left over. So we could have we could have fit an extra 10 players in, basically, <coughs> on the day, which would have been good. Um, we've got the breakdown of the, of the stats. I, I, I think we talked about this before, guys. But what, what, was, what was your expectation? from the amount of dungeon ball teams and regular teams and mixed teams like what kind of ratios were you expecting uh, i expected by far mostly mixed, um but i did expect more dungeon ball because of the cheap rerolls that was definitely something i into i i yeah Sorry, trips. Go uh, for it. I was going to say, I expected to see a lot of mixed teams and then a few vanilla teams by people who really like their their teams, and a couple of people using this as an excuse to get the dungeon bowl team out of the box. Yeah, I um I agree with both of those sentiments, and in the end, we had one standard team. One Dungeon Bowl team, this is actually that we set live in the tournament system for the day, and 34 mixed teams. So 94.4% of the field was mixed teams. And we had a single standard team, which I think was Lizardman, and we had a single Dungeon Bowl team, yeah. which was Dan Maskell, uh, who is a Dark Elf pro, actually brought his Beasts team again which he ran at Dorset Dungeon Bowl, which I think, Trips, you just very aptly described as a, as a really good excuse to get the team out of the box. But I know that when we were binging through Dungeon Bowl games, we were looking at the teams and going, man, this would be sweet to get on the 11s pitch. And, uh, <coughs> hey, I guess that wasn't quite as alluring as it was to just put <laughs> snotlings with every other team imaginable. I, I, I think it's that ability to, to play a team that you will actually never, ever be able to take onto the pitch again and when i was reviewing the rosters the week beforehand there was definitely one of two ways that everyone had gone uh route one was how many strength four five players can i get into the team and the answer was often at least eight and then the other route was I want to play two stars together that I shouldn't normally be able to play together. So how many tiny little linemen do I need to squeeze in to make the roster legal? 
we saw that yeah the data shows that that is very much the uh what happened i think yeah it's an interesting one uh we had 27 star players on the day out of uh, 36 teams now a lot of those were double up so it's probably about 50 percent of the field took us took a star player um i mean was it any surprise that bomber was the most populous of star players on the day he came in a lot a lot of people took snotlings that reason i think like you get the cheap lineman and then bomber um yeah <laughs> that was quite common i think how many teams took snotlings and bomber uh i don't i never put them uh, together one, hang on one, are you on the you're on the actual yeah you keep yeah. I'll, I'll have a count and so go back we had to you. 10 bombers four fungus the loons four hack flems three giants which i love to see um Two black gobbos, because fouling is just... <laughs> the fouling for this was outrageous. Uh, one creek, one chaney, one griff, and I really love this, one Scylla as one well. One Scylla, yeah. Which I thought was really cool, because you don't tend to see Scylla a lot. Um, there tends to be like... But actually, she's, it, Scylla's a really good strength five, a really cheap good strength five option uh, with some murder skills on there as well. So actually, Scylla is a pretty good one. Um Tier 1 splits, um, we had 38% of teams have Tier 1 in them. Uh, tier 2, 33%, and Tier 3, uh, 27%. So a pretty even split across the board. Now, because they're mixed teams, obviously that kind of gets combined, and I I, I was really happy with the, the mix there. We did have a rule that said if a team was stunty and big guy only, it would classify as stunty on the day, and we had some really interesting mixes, um, I think. What was the what was the outcome, Ben? Uh, honestly, not not as many as I thought. Uh, there's a lot of ogre bomber as well. So yeah, oh, like a lot that. of snarling bomber and ogre bomber. Yeah, yeah. lots lots of uh, people using ogres for semi-reliable ogres plus uh, a good star access. <laughs> it makes it's good because when you say it's an even split with the t- with the tiers as well. I mean that's bearing in mind there's only four tier three teams. Like, there's quite a lot of tier three teams there because you can just offset their weakness with the real yeah. players. Like, you know you know what? That's a really good shout, actually. Um, yeah. I, I probably should have done the maths on how many tier one, one combinations, how many two, one, you know, how many, but that, that, I just forgot. Should have done that, but I didn't. <clears throat> there's a couple of like, there's some brilliant, brilliant builds in there. Um, and you've got all kinds of craziness. Chaos Dwarf Snotling. Uh, Chaos Dwarf, Snotling, and Giant, like Tom Mann was running that. Snotling Underworld, Giant, Stevie was running that. Baron was running Vampires and Humans put together. Um, Orc, Snotlings, Bomber and Hackflem. Uh, Imperial Nobility, Ogre, Griffin, Bomber from uh, from that. It's just like there's just some, some, some superb combinations. But as we had a man on the ground, Trips, do you remember... Your first round, who did you get? Yeah, so first round, I had Liam in the first round with a Skaven Ogre mix. Um, and it was Skaven <laughs> Ogres and a bit of a theme for the day for me. He had Bomber. Uh, so uh, appearance number one of Bomber. Uh, not spoil anything, but you'll hear me say that twice more. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was a roster of eight at the Rat Ogre, a couple of Skaven Blitzers, two Gutter Runners, two Ogres, and then lots of Noblars to fill out the roster. Um, but it what I, I quickly discovered with this roster was... Uh, when he lined up three strength five guys, my Sauruses all of a sudden looked pretty small. Um, 
and uh, thinking I was there and I, I've got some strength four pieces and they were just outnumbered and out outskilled straight away and uh, behind that wall of meat of strength five was not only some annoying little gutter runners to try and chase down, um, but a bomber just casually throwing the bomb at my elves as well. So um, oh, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> sentences like that, which makes you think, just like, is this a good idea? <laughs> this is just so good. Right. I, I've, I've mentioned Magic the Gathering a lot. I've said how much I like Sevens because it's kind of like Magic the Gathering Limited. This format we've created here is like modern or vintage or legacy where you're just like, nah, chuck it all in. And the power level goes up. But trips, like you're saying, you're like, yeah, I've got my high elves, got my sauruses, feeling very good about this. And then you look across the pitch and you're like, oh, you also upgraded. And it's just like, it's just so good. It's <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, um, what was the result of your round one trips? Uh, so ended up being a 1-1. One, one. It was a really hard-fought uh, first half, um, and I truly managed to do some uh, el elven dancing around towards the end of the first half, managed to, I think, dodge out of tackle zones, pick up the ball, dodge through tackle zones, and then throw the ball to alignment in the end zone without using any of my re-rolls um, or, sk or skills needed. So was really pleased with that. And then uh, by then I was already starting to struggle for player numbers. Um, and when you're playing a team full of Noblars as well, then, yeah, when, you, when you've been out-blocked by a Noblar, you know that the, the pitch <laughs> is starting to tilt slightly. Numbers, um, so yeah. did concede the second, uh, did concede the tying one. And then in the second half, uh, managed to get the ball on the pitch, and I think we we lost three turns where between us we probably had three tackle zones on the ball each, and then another of layer of, of players behind. Um, I think a gutter runner did go in for it and exploded. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think it was a fair tie at the end there as uh, as as we got uh, got out one all. Absolutely awesome. So um, if uh, you guys missed it. We did live stream the event. Um, we streamed uh, table one all day. So the first first game was a great game between Daniel, who was running Shambling Undead and Dark Elves. Uh, so I caught up with him just before the match. I was like, oh, yeah, what are you running? He was like, oh, Undead Dark Elf. I was like, ooh, okay. So Undead with Dark Elf Blitzers. And he was like, yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. And it's that kind of level of upgrade that was just so cool. And he was playing against Nathan with Corn and Human, which was basically Corn plus Thrower, Lineman, Lineman, Blitzer, Ogre. So two big guys Ooh. plus that Thrower. And he just had enough cash to upgrade one of the Linemen to uh, a Human Blitzer, who, to be fair, is a great player. So that was a really good match. Uh, you can go and um, on the channel and actually watch uh watch us stream that match it was such good fun it was such so good to get to see some of these combos so round one was a great one a uh, couple of big results that round um rick good guy rick who you probably know from the channel he's been on uh, a few of our series uh managed to, to swing a, a five nil with his high elves and dwarves yeah. against corn skaven and hack phlegm uh run by um one of the priest pack uh wednesday so sarah jane had a as rick said had some absolutely garbage roles and the thing is you, you kind of upgrade the power level of these teams 
and, and what you end up having is a little less of a window like you get a little bit of a crack or you get a little bit of an opportunity and it's much more violently seized than in a standard game of blood bowl this is like like I, I declared it over the weekend it's blood bowl turned up to 12 now i'm a skaven player i love positioning ready for that opportunity score and that's with a standard tier one team when you're running a tier 11 team with a, a dark with a with a high elf and dwarf combo then actually you're just absolutely prime for those opportunities and uh yeah led to the biggest score of that game we had undead necro with dan smith going 4-1 against lizards dwarfs though so there was a couple of high scoring games um ben do you remember bonehead bowl one because like um i do that was my first tournament yeah rick i think ran i can't remember what he ran there what else are halflings or something. It, yeah it was what um oh no it was definitely what else but i do remember that game because with... he lost that first round of the of the first bonehead bowl he lost it four five I, yeah i was gonna say five four yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i do remember that yeah and it was so good to see him back with some high scoring now that did end up putting him on top table again so uh, so i got to stream his game but trips going into round two you were on table three and then going into round two you shimmy yeah, to table Dave in um in in round two um so he was playing an orc tomb king team and it was a beautifully painted team it, it looked amazing um it it truly lined up like you should imagine an orc tro uh, tomb king team. He just literally lined them all up on the line of scrimmage, and I instantly felt very sorry for every player on my team because I thought <laughs> they're going to get crushed. <laughs> so he had four the four tomb gardens, guardians, um, a troll, and then three orc blitzers, um, and because that's the the roster can access it, he also had fungus and bomber and bomber was his stick in reserve and leave till second half player and fungus was pretty nasty in the first half uh with yeah strength seven player when he was uh grinding out the ball so now yeah. we, we got to see dalio uh, on the last stream from sca who was running uh the, his orc team and he had fungus and bomber in that as well so this is the second time we've seen him on, uh, you know, in a tournament running a combination of teams, and he's just added some Tomb Guardians to it, which is just, yeah. I mean, basically that's just upgrading the big and blockers to bigger blockers, right? Oh, yeah, it was it was just such a smashy roster, and he he received the kickoff, and he promptly did what you do with a team that's got no speed and all strength. Uh, you, you very very slowly smash your way down the pitch, um, and he and he did that for seven turns, absolutely dinging my Sauruses out, out off the pitch. Uh, my elves running away desperately, <laughs> and I felt really bad for him because in turn eight he just made, needed to make one rush with his orc blitzer into the end zone to oh. score the turn eight first half grind touchdown. And of course, that was a one, uh, and he fell over and uh, <laughs> dropped the ball. So that was—I felt really bad for him actually because he played an awesome first half. I not a, not a gap, not a chance to get through at all. So second half, I'm receiving the ball with what little I've got left, 
Um, fungus is now gone and that leaves me to the delight of Bomber to look forward to and not a hope in hell of getting anywhere near Bomber because of all the, the strengths to go through. I started losing more players and actually had to do the brave elf thing of run backwards, run backwards, and I was running back to a corner. <laughs> I managed to actually pull all of his players in, and I've got to say he really used Bomber well because there's there's the temptation with Bomber to not move them at all and, and just throw yeah. uh, bombs from wherever. Dave really used him as as that extra piece to get in to use and also to really threaten in different areas. So I ran ran off into a corner um, and, and he followed with the, the tomb gardens and then I made the uh, rush down the sideline trying to desperately run away and I was uh, one block um, from managing to sneak off down. The one thing I had that was better than Dave's team was a lot of movement. And I was literally, uh, every catcher was uh, running full movement and two rushes every turn to try try and get away. Um, but yeah, he smashed my three players that I'd broken out with, um, picked up the ball, um, and then I rolled a double one trying to blitz the ball out. Um, and he popped it in for a turn 16, 1-0 win. But it was it was for a 1-0 win where it had been very tight, there wasn't a hope of me scoring and it could have easily been 3-0 three, three and a pitch clear as well. Yeah, well... Oh, man. That sounds just so good. And this is the thing I love about this format, is you get these ridiculous combos and these ridiculous game states that, like you said, you're just never going to see again. Um, like... uh, to, to think his Orc Blitzers were the easiest player for me to have a go at and i'm like i'm looking at an orc blitzer with guard with a guard tomb guardian next to him and a tackle orc blitzer and going yep they're the players i'm going to try and knock out because i ain't touching anything else <laughs> <laughs> and and this is it like this is not the format you'd want to play all of the time but i think very much like dungeon ball because it gives you it's that other way to play it's that other special like special event special just game mode that actually i think it works it works really well now on the top table we had rick with his high elves and dwarves playing against and i loved this this was david priest uh with vampires and snotlings this was such a cool team i do recommend you check out on the stream uh we had these little 3d printed ghosts as his snotlings with cheney and bomber so it is an absolute wicked list now the really cool thing here, and the, the guys discussed it at the beginning of the, the, the game, it was a revenge game already. Going into round two, Rick had just five kneeled David Priest's daughter in the first round <laughs> from the Priest pack. So Rick was up against the second of the Priest pack, and um, and it was just an, a, a heck of a game. They had some faulted dice rolls that, that cost and, and all of these teams are kind of primed to just like that game state cascade. I think all these rosters kind of are built one way or another to be like you've got trips. I would say yours was quite a mid-range build. Okay, you had a solid yeah. but not overwhelming front and a solid but not overwhelming score game. Like, okay, really well balanced. A lot of these rosters were kind of like mega murdery so it sounds like that dalio's build was just i'm going to murder you and then once i've murdered you i'm going to murder the rest of you and then there's going to be no you know there's going to be no one left and 
the, the the combo and stuff like that it just it just made that that explosive game state and we saw this and all it took is a vampire to kind of kill some snotlings and then some dwarves to make some good rolls and you know the game cascaded so really cool to see um and that that round was good i think that was probably one of the highest scoring games of that round uh we had a 3-0 from uh, dan smith against dan so shambling undead necro won 3-0 against undead and dark elf from 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 round one which was really cool to see um so undead necro i.e. half of the new Dungeon Ball box set. Pretty <laughs> pretty effective mixed team. Uh, and uh, we also saw Titanium Boy take on Wednesday with uh, Skaven Goblins and Hackflem against Corn Skaven and Hackflem. This was the other two of the Priest Pack facing off against each other and having it be a 3-2 shootout. It's just so much fun. Um, yeah. And, wow. I mean, Ben, you were TOing a good one with milton who i think now is a real i was going to mention it at the end but i'll do it now just you know doing all the prep with the rosters i know trips you help do a lot of the sifting and shifting but i mean the prep is just just um, awesome Mil- especially milton does 90 percent of it he's he's people work incredible people. yeah that that work to just set it up and control it when you are looking at an environment of instead of having 29 different teams having 629 different combos with a convoluted rule set uh just an absolute feat um now to in ben i mean we were at the second round here we've had the first game we've had lunch players were settling in for the second round and how how, how are things at the to table at this point uh things are kind of chill yeah everyone was just doing amazing um it's it's really good now that we have the pairings and things just like up on the on, up on the screen so people can just find their tables like it, it the way that we've got the TOing down is just so relaxed um and it was just it was just good because it meant we can go and like you know we can we can hang out we can like look at a couple of the games see what's going on obviously not too much don't want to disturb people when they're playing but you hit, do hear the things when people like I think it was in round two it could have been round one um where a snotling took a uh, giant off the pitch. <laughs> I think that was game two. I think it was against Emma. I think Stevie did it. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Table 16 yeah. in round two. Snotling. That was the giant off. It was the giant off. Snotling and Underworld with a giant. It's old Stevie 126 taking on Merc Girl Emma. Goblin Snotling Giant. The, it was the, the troll roster. It was yes, the troll team. It was. Yes. Yeah. I was so happy to see that. But they upgraded the sixth troll. Oh, no, no. Because you can do five trolls in this um, without that because the snotlings. There's five trolls and a giant. Four trolls. Four trolls and a giant, sorry. Yeah. Yes, four trolls yeah. and a giant. Yeah. Yeah, did, five did... trolls coming soon. But yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> yes, with Ripper landing this weekend. Um, trying to get him and a giant in the roster, probably quite a challenge room, but I love that the giants managed to found them, find themselves, find each other. Like, there's just so many good stories that happens in a tournament. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And when you've got all the different tables going on. No, and I know you've got some uh, some commander on the go as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, me and Milton last the time played some 40k commander, which is great fun. Honestly, those cards are fantastic. <laughs> they are so full of flavor. <laughs> oh, I love it. So we went then into round three. And at this point, I think we had eight to ten teams all within a win of each other. Uh, so it was, it was not... It was hey we've got a scoring system that gives you 30 points for a win with plus one for each touchdown up to three plus one for each casualty up to three a bonus point for perfect defense of allowing zero 
uh, TDs in. So a maximum score of 37 per round. So there's plenty of flex. So going into that this round, I think it was basically the top four tables were all for a kind of like a win and in. And uh, table one, we had Orc, Snotling, Bomber and Hackflem with David Burrows. Uh, and it got a shout out to the Burrow Brigade, who came a, a fair old whacker distance down, a group of them. It was so good to meet them all. And uh, Rick remained on table one with High Elves and Dwarves. So it was all all exciting in the top pack. Um, you had David Burrows there. You had Tim Burrows with Necro Tomb King taking on Wayne, old Wayne, uh, who's what, a multiple Bonehead Bowl winner? Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't usually walk away without something. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah normally his shirt he walks away without one uh who was running halfling and ogres with bomber which was cool table three we had uh undead necro dan and vampire human old baron again back at the top and dwarf lizards on table four against ogre snotling bomber uh Lurik, which is uh john from the, uh, the entoyment league so there's a really good pack at the top there i think it's worth pointing out i think rick had like 76 so it was like 72 or something at this point and the bottom five after that all had 70 yeah so like the this was really tight like any any of these gate the top three tables gonna take i and this is the thing i really love about the scoring system is it uh, i know that getting a, a clear winner after three rounds is hard but actually i think you know we've we've we've, we've boosted up the scoring system ever so slightly for for the next year essentially but not by much because actually it keeps things nice and close but trips going into round three who were you logged against so i had dan in uh in round three and uh dan was there with the imperial nobility and ogre team um and I, I looked to this at first and thought, oh, Imperial Nobility, one of the most annoying teams to play against because of the skills they come with. And then checked his roster and I was like, ah, oh, he's brought three bodyguards with guard. So <laughs> that sorts out where the strength's going to be. Um, and then I went down and I was like, ah, oh, there's Bomber. I haven't seen Bomber for a good <laughs> half of Blood Bowl. And just to top it off, he'd snuck Griff in there as well. Although, to be fair, he was saying that Griff had had an appalling day and had failed oh, yeah. just about every roll all day long. It was um, uh, it was a bit of a theme of the day, actually. Everyone who was running like Hackflem or Griff was like, oh, how'd you get on? And they're like, oh, you know, Hackflem just rolled so many ones or Griff rolled so many ones. And I was like, okay, we're at the point now where mixed teams make star players a bit of a vulnerability. I was like, unless you're a bomber. <laughs> unless you're a bomber, in which case you're just everywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Daniel Martin Corbin actually won, was it Bombember with that nobility team? Yes. And with Griff. Yes. It was this tournament last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Or oh, kind of. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Anyway, Trips, how did the game go? Uh, so another tough game. Uh, Bomber was pretty good in the first half. Um, I got the ball and Bomber sorted that out um and started losing players couldn't get through uh at all failed uh what was without a doubt a, a risky trying to pick up the ball and go through um and then dan couldn't get the ball through to score in the first half so and another nil nil at half time and then in the second half uh, uh started to to run out of players 
And that was when Griff decided that uh, Griff would do what Griff would do, which would be finally pick the ball up uh, and play through. And uh, on turn 16, Griff decided to take the dodge-dodge, run halfway across the pitch and pop in to score uh, for a turn 16. So uh, <laughs> another another tight 1-0 that was not as tight as the score um, uh, set out. Although for some strange reason, and probably because there were noblars, um, I did actually manage to walk away with more casualties in that game. And I think that was the only game I really actually broke armour and didn't just stun a player, so it was uh, it was quite nice. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely uh, looked at the the lizards and and elves and go, you can play a really good defensive annoyance game, but you are not smashing holes in any any big guys or any strength five players at all. You um, so you played against Bomber three times. Did you ever intercept any bomb? Because uh, pretty good at that. So the um, first game I did try, and then after that I didn't try because every interception was going to get the bomber special rule out of if you catch the ball, you explode. Oh, it's come to and it was yeah. a case of going, it's, <laughs> if it lands where it's meant to, it's going to hit three players. If I intercept it, it's probably going to hit four <laughs> players. <laughs> I can't win here. Oh, man, the great equaliser. Um yeah, I mean it, it's it's so good at this point. It was there were some some brilliant matchups, some brilliant games going on there, and it was so cool to see all the creativity and all of the interesting game states. And again, this is definitely worth watching. The top table play for this one between Rick and uh, Rick and David was just it's just incredible and you can see that there's just elements of the game where sometimes a role or you can see it like a fold in time and space where like just the the negativity of a situation or the pot like just it's just incredible to see and that took us to the day and uh out of the well, we'll i think we'll do that We'll do the, the role of honour here. Uh, David Burris did come away with a win with 108 points. Went 3-0-0. Orcs, Notling, Bomber and Hackflem. Dan Smith with the Undead Necromix, 105 points. Wayne, Gimli 01. Halfling, Ogre, Bomber, 105 points. Uh, Leoric, uh, Ogre, Snotling, Bomber, 2 one uh, Orcs, Tomb King, Fungus, Bomber, which was Dalio, 2-1-0-83 points. College of Beasts, which was cool to see. Old Gerga there going two and a draw for 80 points. Frodo with Black Orc Chaos Chosen, which is a chunky roster. Got a little chime, I think, to, to chat with him about it. It's just a case of Black Orcs, Chaos Chosen. Um, there wasn't It wasn't block everywhere. It wasn't the perfect Milton roster, but it was uh, it was close, which I thought was wicked. And then we saw Rick drop to 8th faith place with that loss, uh, 72 points. Uh, we had Dark Elf, Elf Union, Liam, with 72. Lizards, just vanilla lizards, Ian Booth running that one. Uh, two and a loss, 71 points. Necro Tomb King, Tim Burrows. Vampire Human from Baron, uh, both at 71 points. Dwarf Lizards, Treadworth, uh, then we had Chaos Dwarf, Skaven Scylla from Juck 101, Undead Dark Elf, which we saw at table one at the beginning of the round, two and one. Uh, Vamps, Snotling, Cheney, Bomber, David Priest finishing 16th with 1 1 and 1 on the day. Skaven Ogre, Bomber, Liam, 1 1 and 1. Norse, Lizards, Lewis, Lizardman, Dwarf, Captain Conway. Goblin, Skaven, Bomber, Fungus there from Metin. That's just such a cool combination. That's that's 
that's my i like that one a lot uh owa elf union from rob going for the full-on kind of like order packed build which i think is is pretty nice too imperial nobility ogre griffin bomber from daniel uh snotling goblin black gobbo and hack phlegm from drew blood now we're going to talk about drew's roster in a minute um skaven goblin hack phlegm titanium boy corn human finishing 24th actually corn human nathan at 102 norse black orc fungus from our lad popper z uh at 39 points snotling underworld giant stevie 126 chaos renegade corn oh toxic six mr adam pike who now has a bonehead award named after him um corn skaven hack phlegm wednesday Goblin, Orc, Fungus, and Bomber from Neil Doherty. Goblin, Snotling, Bomber, Black, Gobbo, Greenskin, Phil. It's probably one of the... Like, just that, that little group there is just like the most popular, I think, of teams to kind of add together. Skaven, Chaos, Dwarf, and Creek, which was a cool one from Ben. Uh, High Elf, Lizards, Triplo there, 33 on the day. Chaos, Dwarf, Snotling, Giant, Tom, Man, Necro, Chaos, Dwarf, Kit, and Goblin, Snotling, Giant, Mark Galema. Uh, bringing up the end there with some absolutely outrageous rosters. I mean, we give out the Adam Pike Award in every tournament. We got called the Adam Pike Award because Adam Pike managed to top out the 30-player award after basically round one of Beachhead this year. Uh, yeah. And I believe Drew broke the record this time, Ben. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I'm pretty sure. I don't, I don't remember Adam getting more than Drew did. Uh, but Drew walks away with was it 56? I think it was 57. 57 fouls in three games. In three which, games. When you add up the maths, is <laughs> it's what it sounds like. It should only be 48 max. But Black Gobbo um, did Black Gobbo things. So. With Snotlings and Goblins there to just have the bodies around to get the fouls in and Hack Flem there to just actually. I mean, Hackflem can win any game at any point, which is so exciting. Uh, and Drew definitely knows how to play Blood Bowl. He's not just a very, very accomplished painter, but we saw him top table twice in SCA. So actually, to take an absolute lol roster and score that many fouls being the objective, so, so, Love so, it. so good to see. Um, but no, I mean, just an outrageously good day. So many beautiful teams so many clever rosters guys uh we could probably talk about this for, for days but before we kind of wrap up for this topic was there any rosters or anything in particular you wanted to call out um that you saw on the day or played against or or heard about uh again um i'll just highlight emma Emma did win the painting as well because yep. the trolls look gorgeous with her giant is is really good um, that was one I really enjoyed. Uh, I did want to shout out to the... It was the Burroughs gang who brought down awesome Kraken Stadium, um, which they set up. Oh, yes. With, like, electronic lighting and stuff, which was just awesome. Love to see that. Um, yeah, that, that, was, that, that, was, that was my heart. Yeah, that's a really good shout. I, I'm not... I, I, I've forgotten about that just because there was so much going on. Um... There was just so much going on. It was so we good. We sat that up on the bottom table. That bottom table had a little bonus to had, play on. And the fact they'd brought it down with them was so, so, so cool. And yeah. I I mean, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who came along. You know, it's a, it's a weird tournament. It's there's a, there's a bit more of an investment 
to play in in something like this. It's somehow more casual and less casual at the same time. Um, we don't know what the optimal builds are. Everything is kind of an optimal build. So that kind of level of mental pressure is higher. But the freedom to just play nonsense is just so good. Uh, yeah. Actually, it was... Where's Drew? We're 57 to 2. and i think it would have been more but he was running out of players to foul because his opponents were like well if i if i just run away from you you can't get me (laughs) oh man liam got fat he had a negative 24 foul he definitely played drew didn't he uh anyway full standings are on the website <coughs> and uh we should probably find a way to share the rosters in future as well because there's some absolute doozies in there the bonehead bowl roster builder is still on the site so if you want to play some friendly matches with mixed team rules give it a go i cannot recommend it enough um there's so much to do with blood Bowl at the moment that actually we we kind of knew that as the games workshop releases slowed down we'd have an opportunity to play in the unexplored space so it's nice to kind of be back here again guys right i think that wraps up for burner bowl but like i said a massive thank you for everyone who came down everyone who joined us on the stream it was an outrageously fun day <laughs> still not fully healed from it yet <laughs> as you can probably hear in my voice I don't know, you guys really suffered i'm fine maybe, maybe i don't i don't know around, i don't know why now. i was in my little booth so, you were, you, yeah, were, you were quarantined and everything. Yeah, you were talking for like six hours solid. So. <laughs> I know I wasn't allowed to bring my tent this time, so I built one. Anyway, we'll take a quick break and be right back. Okay, so the last topic that we're going to cover today is the impact the initial impact of what we've seen for this week in blood bowl those two things being the faq and the new star players from the almanac now full read through of the faq we've already published that to the feed and the unboxing and full read through of the almanac that'll be on the feed as well so if you want to just chill out for half an hour with a cup of tea and watch or listen to that you can go do so what we're going to do is we're going to have a conversation about some of the biggest takeaways, the biggest impacts from that. So kind of like a, a highlight show, I guess, of what's come from the FAQ. Now, guys, the FAQ this time around, I think overall was pretty realistic. I mean, I I, I guess the, major- the, the biggest kind of theme I saw when looking through some of these changes was just a case of, for me, mostly, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, lots of logic applied, and I think what was good, we've there's a few in there that we've we've worked through in terms of toing of what would we rule here because it's not clear, and I think nearly everyone was clarified as that's the sensible way to play, and therefore that's the way to play. And most of them are about order and timing and sequencing, but it's just good to have less things to argue about. The one that came to mind was like the Amazon one, right, with the hit and yeah. run. Where you know, yes. can you use other blitz? Uh, blitz yeah. has a block, so yeah, 
and the beer board just being one d6 as opposed to roll a d6 yeah. for every time and your opponent to be like oh, if you roll one more <laughs> d6 i will throw that beer ball across the room play, play yahtzee when activating a player <laughs> <laughs> to be fair if you've managed to knock enough of your opponent's players prone that they have to roll a bunch of dice because of beer balls that's yeah, on that's, that's on you i'm just saying like you know stop playing dwarves um so yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of good stuff in there. The sevens ones for me was a case of uh, both of these bits here. So high kick and on the ball, can both of those events or skills end up with your guy in the no man's land in and in the neutral zone? Yes. And that's exactly how we played it. That's what we ruled it for SCA. Um, the hit and run stuff for Amazons. And I think one thing that is worth talking about before we talk about the two big ones is Estelle's power. Uh, when a player is affected by Estelle's Baleful Hex special rule, does this mean the player must uh, must be activated last during the next team turn or the player cannot be activated at all during the next team turn? Answer, the player cannot be activated at all during the next team turn. I feel like that's how we were going to rule it, but that was quite an ambiguous one. That, that's, that's pretty great. I mean, we talked about it, didn't we, Ben, about it being like a spell, basically, about being like the College of Life spell. She just mm. activates, chooses a dude, and on a two plus, they can't do anything for the entirety of their next turn. It's good. It's really good. Um, so yeah, like I mean, this does make her really good to pick. Like it's what well, again, like you say, what we expected, right? Yeah. Um, I, I I was also kind of expecting this to maybe not word it like like them to go back on that after we especially discussed how good it is. But no, no, make a style, right? That that is a fair one actually. But I think the two biggest ones, uh, the two biggest impacts, there's a load of like really good bits of clarification in there. Um, one that was clarified that I think is really important but doesn't massively change anything was the Bombardier one. Um, if a player making a throw bomb special action fumbles the bomb, does this cause a turnover? No, I know that there's been a lot of like confusion around what causes turnovers. And quite frankly, guys, if you watch some of the Bonehead Championship where we used bombers, we probably got some stuff wrong because actually there's a lot of like, <laughs> uh, if this, but this, but this, but full moon Tuesday, then fumble. Uh, it's kind of, there's a little bit of that. Actually, now we know that a bomb can never cause a turnover unless it hits the player on your team with the ball otherwise you just go nuts if you fumble it doesn't matter because a bomb places players prone doesn't knock them down so you don't get that turnover um which i think is really good because that just means that bombardiers are better now uh so that's that's nice um and um, i think we'll come and talk about bombardiers in a moment when we talk about the almanac stars but the two biggest ones one basically fixing throw teammate this is really oh. great and finally yeah yeah so throw this, teammate was awesome right the beginning of the edition uh then in may it became unawesome and now this is how it stands a throw teammate will result in a fumble if you throw the guy with the ball and for whatever reason they end up splatted on the ground if they don't land successfully the ball comes out it's a turnover or if you throw a guy and he hits one of your own guys, regardless of whether that other guy was standing or not. Though that's the only point that causes a fumble. The rest of the time, you absolutely fill your boots. And I love this, Ben. What do you reckon? Uh, this this was really good. Like I remember playing in the last league we did, 
um, it was against Greenskill Phil, who's playing his orcs. And um, he was just so, I remember there were times when I was just like, um, I was thinking just like, is he going to throw a teammate? And I think I asked him at some point, and he was just like, I'm going to pass it. I'm just like, you do throw a teammate or something. And he was like, no, it's just not worth it anymore. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that's so sad. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, just like, the chances of it going wrong are so high. And therefore, it has to be something you did at the end of the turn. And you're like, oh, but I don't want to do it at the end of my turn. No. Because if it goes right, I can't. it can't be the last thing that happens. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. I think it was when he was trying to break open a cage or something. He's like, you've got a goblin right there. Use him. <laughs> Just like, no, no. So, so but, this, yeah. ma this massively opens it up in two different ways. One, like you guys are saying, actually... You get a free bombardier. It's going to cost you a player, but but you know you get a chance to just throw and or kick a guy at other guys to play blood bowl ten pin bowling, which is wicked and it can definitely alter the game state. Like you said, Ben, it's not the thing you want to do last because well, it's too late. The second thing is defensive paratrooping is now back, which I love, uh, which is you know chucking a stunty guy on defense over the line to the other side and just have them harass in the backfield is great if you chuck a snotling or a goblin the other side of the line and just have them like be there your opponent's going to be forced to chuck one or two of their players onto that player and normally that's going to win you a bit of tvop they chuck a couple of linemen to guard that goblin in the backfield that's 100k of their players against 40k of yours right and you're only ever a couple of three plus dodges away from a bad block or just literally basing the ball carrier and forcing more activations so paratrooping was great but when they changed the rule to be like if it hits anybody it's a it's a turnover mm. it was just kind of like well i'm trying to throw my player the other side of the line there are players there. <laughs> like, there's, yeah. there's a high likelihood I'm going to hit somebody. But now it's a case of cool, my troll. Now Gronk, when I'm playing the Blackhawks again, can, can chuck a goblin the other side of the line. If it hits a guy, sweet. If he gets back up again, even sweeter. Like, cool, let's let's shake this up and see what happens. And I love that. I love it's back. I think it's pretty clear now. I'm very happy with this one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's good for yeah. Blood Bowl. Yeah, it's the right thing. Needed done. Looks pretty clear. Well done. Ogatillery's back on the menu. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Ogres have done well in the last uh, 24 hours. Lockstock <laughs> and two smoking noblars. So um, the other one, which has been a little bit contentious based on uh, the way Games Workshop write their rules, they do their best to make them as clear as possible. Sadly, sometimes just the act of trying to define things really clearly means that certain things are not defined, which then makes it very unclear as to if they're not being included because they're excluded or because they don't need to mention them because they're not affected by the rule. And this one has changed up something that if it's the way we're reading it, I think is really good. It might be terrible. I don't think that's the case. But anyway, petty cash and treasury for leagues has been um well, it's been changed it's not a clarification it's been changed replace both sections replace section petty cash and section treasury on page 38 with the following i'm not going to read it out you can go through it but basically what this says is in a league match the team with the highest team value gets the chance to buy stuff with their treasury then you total up their team value including their purchases and the difference is what the lower team gets in petty cash. 
which is basically how it was in the old edition, right? Yeah. Yeah. The community has read into it because that third stage doesn't say can then spend petty cash and their treasury. People are thinking you can't spend your treasury at that. It doesn't. It just says they can spend this petty cash. It's a it's a tough one, and there's definitely arguments one way or another. But I believe how it's supposed to be. What it's supposed to say here is you play, you sit down with your league, your league opponent. You go right, Ben. You've got higher team value. Are you buying anything from your treasury? Yes, I'm buying a keg for fifty k. Okay, sweet. So your team value was eleven hundred. Now it's eleven fifty. My team value is a million. I get one hundred and fifty k petty cash. Uh, I want to play hack flem. I've got sixty k in the treasury. 150k petty cash, 60k treasury. I'll take hack phlegm. Now my team value is 1210. Yours is 1150. You can't buy anything else. There's an underdog bonus now of 50k for you. You get a prayer to nuffle. I get hack phlegm. I've spent 60k. You get a keg anyway. You've spent 50k. And now we play Blood Bowl. Which, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Which, yeah. I, which is, I'm very sure, how it's supposed to be. Now, it keeps that prayer to nuffle thing relevant, right? The underdog bonus. But yeah. 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 Now, trips compared to how it is now, do you think that's an improvement? What do you think? What do you think that makes better? I think it's a vast improvement because that you get when you get to a certain TV or more importantly, dedicated fans level, you can actually afford to to buy a cheap bomber. Now there are several of them, pretty much for free within your winnings that you're going to get. And when you were doing TV and then buying things at the same time, it automatically gave your opponent an, a, nuffle, a prayer to nuffle. But a bomber is much better than a prayer to nuffle <laughs> 80% of the time. So it, it was almost not doing what inducements are there to do, which is try and help level up. It was actually forcing a bigger gap in detail. So I think by just changing that sequence, you're basically going... If you buy something, and it's the classic, if you buy a bomber, I will also be able to buy a bomber. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is going to happen quite a lot. I'm, I'm anticipating that to happen a lot. Like, uh, I need to get a bomber. <laughs> I, I think everyone needs to get a bomber now. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's, there's, there's a few things that this new way, this new sequence um, could potentially make it worse. First of all, I think what you've called out is absolutely bang on the money. And we've just finished up another league and there was a lot of that. I was personally one of those people because I have my Black Orc team and you start with six Black Orcs and a troll and some goblins. And then all you do is get another reroll and then you really don't need to buy anything after that point. I had DF6 because I won a few games and I was just farming cash every game and i was like well i might as well just pay for bomber and you know you go into any kind of game and if your team's complete and you've got 50k you just pay for bomber and actually what's going to happen you're going to get a roll on this chart that's going to do nothing like really it's it's really not going to do anything so i like that it fixes that there's there's a couple of like i think reasonably valid concerns in the community which is a case of um I believe it's referred to as scumming, which is just actually you can the last person to get to choose can just go crazy with the money and balance it out and just completely unbalance it. Like, oh, I'm just going to spend 150k on top of my petty cash and get a wizard or, or do this as well, which I know is a big thing in Blood Bowl too. There's a case of just <coughs> just getting that cash up and doing it. So 
there's there's some elements there that i can see why people would be concerned but i don't feel like that's much different to how it was before it just means that now it's the team with the lower team value that's going to have the advantage and from playing leagues yeah. for years with blood bowl i'm normally the player who has the higher team value and actually i don't mind the underdog having the the last advantage to pick to pay their league money to get that that thing you know what that's fine like that that seems fair <coughs> and you can always play around it by keeping your own team value low so if there's another catch-up mechanic in that it's going to encourage teams to keep their team value low in a league environment that's going to be great for the players who are joining the league who've got low team value and if you're in an environment where people are playing league for a long time everybody's team value is going to kind of rise together so it's going to keep that differential as a minimum so I really do like like that. But the second thing I wanted to mention is that in the star players part of the inducement section of the rulebook, it says it is possible for both teams to hire the services of the same star player. If this happens during a game that is part of a league, neither team can field the star player, but the star player will keep both hiring fees. This Wait, Was that in the book? Yeah, this is something that we've oh. not been doing very well. Uh, and that's that's partly on us as a league and partly on tour play because actually i don't yeah. think that's built into tour play and no <laughs> both the leagues i've been playing in you've heavily heavily you become heavily reliant on i'll do what tour play tells me to do next <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of that and which is really it's a massive strength but also it can um affect things the the downside i've personally played a couple of bomber versus bomber matches um which has been fine but what what what's being flagged up online and i think is a reasonable challenge is a case of you as the okay uh so you go into a match you're the higher team value you buy bomber out of cash your opponent then gets the the response to pay 50k to just cancel out bomber which Ooh. on the one hand is kind of like yeah all right fine but they're actually there's a there's a different way of phrasing the argument, which is I, as the higher team value, do not want you to use bomber, therefore I pay 50k and you can't use bomber. And if you don't pay 50k so that I can't use bomber, <laughs> I've got a bomber. If you don't have 50, <laughs> it's a weird one. It's like it's a really weird one. And I know I made a little capitalist joke earlier, but it's kind of it's kind of an interesting one, Ben. What's your take on that angle? Yeah, it's not. That's not good. I I feel like, especially with this new rule now, um, I would heavily advise league administrators to pretend that line doesn't exist. I didn't even knew it existed until about three minutes ago. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I I think it would just it would completely go out of control. It gives the entire um, control to the overdog. Just like I don't want a star in this game. So I'm gonna buy. Hack you thing, can't. So yeah, you I can't deny use it. it. Yeah exactly um, um yeah I, I mean on the one side the the prospect of everybody always paying 50k to never use bomber and to never have bomber in the game trips probably feeling quite good as a rule for you yeah right I, 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 <laughs> I'd, I'd go opposite to Ben. I, i'd be like yeah there's a bit of tactics in there and if you were consistently buying something to stop your opponent doing it but you can only get away with it when you've got enough dedicated fans in leagues to be able to afford that. Otherwise, you are literally throwing away money every game. Um, 
and there is there are other things you can do with your inducement money you're still going to have whatever the t the the pure tv gap is anyway for inducements and uh, there's been a few new stars and 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 inducements in and we've seen the deaths if you use the death zone inducements as well i think that helps yeah yeah there's a few there's, you, a, there's a few more there and you can't counter as much um but I quite like the idea of not ending up with loads of stars on the pitch in a in a league game as well. So it, it stops you having a bomber off in detail and go back to you playing your league team rather than the stars you've collected. And I guess if the if the higher team value is paying fifty k, then that's going to cause an extra fifty k to be available for the underdog team. So in that regard, that money is always going to be there, I guess. Yeah, you I can always more. counter. You can always go, fine, you you bought whatever you bought. I will literally buy the same thing and Cancel you've out. just thrown that money away. Hmm, yeah. I'll bring a bias to ref, but that bomber doesn't stay. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's quite funny. Um, so it's an interesting one. That's how I see it. That's how I read it. That's how I assume it's going to be um, applied because it's just stupid for any other option and sadly that doesn't necessarily mean that that's not how it's supposed to be from games workshop uh but that's how i'm reading it that's how i assume our league will play it our leagues will play it because it just makes sense kind of ties into blood bowl 2 and it very much a case of actually while there are downsides to the new way of doing it there were massive downsides to the old way of playing it and we've just been through that to a case of oh i get to roll three times on the prayer to nuffle table I think I'd rather just not waste the time. Like, ah, right, well, this player that doesn't have loner that has a birthday between May and June now has Mighty Blow plus one if you guess my middle name correctly. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. This is stupid. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's skip this table. I uh, had three in my final game, and I think I ignored two of them. <laughs> Yeah. exactly it's, it's like, the final and yeah. i'm running blackhawks and you get two spp for every successful completion i'm like sweet thank you that's as good I think as a mine prize. you get an spp if you surf players off the pitch i'm so okay <laughs> i like the prayers to nuffle as an extra bit of fluff as a balancing tool it is garbage chuck me a so hit, desperate measure instead yeah it's probably an interesting question then so in your in your league final there then what would you have done differently if you had had that as additional petty cash an extra 150 um, yeah a wizard probably i had one with me um probably not the best way but i could have also taken bribe or another reroll or there's a lot of options 150 is a lot i, I i'm low to i could have spent money and got a hack for them but I'm I wasn't doing that. Um what did yeah, you do? Yeah, no, in the final? I I took You took I think I I think Greek, I didn't induce three rolls. Keg keg. And uh and a coach and then you I had three three uh prayers to nuffle. Yeah, Creek Keg. I bought the reroll before. There you go. You could have spent fifty K of that cancelling out Bomber. Uh and the other hundred K you could have put towards taking Fungus the Loon. Yeah. That probably would have that probably would have helped. Yeah. Or potentially one of the new star players from the Almanac. Which <laughs> which leads us into, I think, probably what what I <laughs> I've declared the biggest Blood Bowl meta warp, the biggest meta shift 
We've seen it. Bomber is ubiquitous because he is 50k, okay? Which means you can just always afford him. It doesn't matter. You sell a packet of Pokemon cards and you can induce Bomber, which has left a lot of Blood Bowl teams feeling left out because only 10 teams could take Bomber. Well, now another <laughs> 10 teams in Blood Bowl can take basically Bomber because Cindy Pywhistle has returned to Blood Bowl. And at 50k for a Halfling with a Bombardier skill trait and passing 3 plus and accurate, she is Bomber in every way except armor and movement. Now, Bomber's got his magical special ability that means if you catch a bomb, you don't really catch a bomb because LOL bang. But Cindy's got a slightly different different skill we'll talk it because it's just so interesting <coughs> once per game cindy may dual wield a bomb uh or bombs okay so literally she's done running around with the dagger to make her run faster and she switches to dual wielding what you have to declare it at the beginning I of the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like what what dagger okay yeah. <laughs> it is fps doug run faster with a knife um anyway boom headshot time so you, you activate her, you say, actually, I'm going to pop her feet, throw two bombs. You go through the sequence, you throw two bombs, everybody dies. At the end of it, you roll a dice, and a one to three, she's sent off immediately, which I believe does cause a turnover. Probably. Yeah, sent off cause a turnover. I would assume so, but I don't know. It might. You have to check the, the wording of her special ability. I, I think sending off is a turnover. It would make sense. <laughs> that means nothing these days. Anyway, so uh, it, it's Bomber. It's slightly lower movement, slightly lower armor, which I think is quite important because Bomber is a massive target. Um, and yeah, every now and again, she gets the chance to throw two bombs, but it's going to get sent off 50%. Uh, again, I, I think that's a reasonable risk, especially because up until today, rolling a one on a throw would have been probably perceived as a send-off and that's two chances at rolling a one so actually we're oh. only kind of upping it by 16 percent. anyway the point here is that now old world alliance no old world classic thank you ben yeah old world classic and halfling thimble cup which actually means nothing because halfling thimble cup is just halflings just halflings yeah now get a bomber as well and there's some pretty potent teams in there. You've got Dwarves, you've got Norse, you've got OWA, you've got Nobility, you've got Humans. Do Elves get it? No. They're not no. Old World Classic. They're Elven Super Elves, Elves, Undead, and Chaos still don't have a bomber. But there's quite a few teams there that have been brought into the fold. Uh, Dwarf, Human, Ogre, Halfling, Imperial Nobility, Old World Alliance, Norse all now get access to a cheap bomber as well and i think this is going to be a massive impact given everything we've seen from dribble snot what are your thoughts guys on bomble but in the news section i'm a little bit worried i think we're gonna i don't think they're gonna stay at 50 i don't know where they're gonna go or when they're gonna go up but i think they will i don't think they're gonna stay at 50 it's just i think it's just crazy i think it's just we see bombers so much Maybe maybe it's just our exposure. Like, we, we, we might be an anomaly. <laughs> I don't know, man. We track tournaments. We run tournaments. We, <laughs> we're in two leagues of Blood Bowl. We see a, we see a lot of what goes on. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, well, we had 70 coaches at SCA, another 50 for Bonehead Bowl. 
uh, a lot of those were different people. So let's say that's well over a hundred different Blood Bowl coaches. We're in two leagues where a lot of those guys aren't tournament players. Let's add in another 30 players. So that's just 130 that we physically have seen. And then through the podcast, we engage with thousands of other Blood Bowlers. Uh, and and yeah, I think Bomber might be more hated than Hackblem right now. Um, and yeah. now Dwarves Humans... Well, definitely for me, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now another six teams have got access to, Hack, uh, to, to, to a Bomber. Um, yeah. A part of me absolutely loves it because it's such a cool style player but the compet the, the competitive the it's uh ben you actually said it at the beginning of the episode you said if everyone's special no one's special or something like that yeah the incredible line yeah I'd, I'd love to see the bomber go a little bit up in price because otherwise at 50k they're going to be squeezed in really really just everything. Uh, cheaply. Everything. I mean, who whoever's going to take a wizard when you can, on some teams, buy two bombers and a bribe for the same price as a wizard. Yeah. Um, but the one yeah. thing I really like is Cindy's special special rule because how many times have you seen a bomber come on in like turn seven of a half and you can see the coach going, oh, if only I could throw a second bomb. Well, you actually yeah. can because you're going to get sent off anyway. So you might as well literally go down in flames. That's, yeah, that's really good, actually, Trips. That's a good balancing point. Um, yeah, no, I, I think in the video um, for the Almanac Stars, I, I saw, oh, for the FAQ, uh, I sort of said that I think in May they'll go up to 75. I actually think, I think 80 would be a better place for them, especially if you look at the price of Nobler Blackwart, who's come in at 120. Uh, and, you know, I mean, Fungus the Loon, I think, is 80. Um, but it feels like um, ball and chains are a little less egregious because they are physical like beings, whereas you can throw a bomb every single turn. Like there's a, there's a a much greater setup cost for ball and a... chains. Also, um, it's you can take them out because they're up in your face. Like you can, and when you hit them, they're gone. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It almost should be the same rule for bombers. Um, I feel like it should, yeah. Like chainsaws. That would be a nice chain. Chainsaws as yeah. well. You know, actually, if you hit a chainsaw, it's plus three to hitting the chainsaw. If you hit a ball and chain, it's an immediate KO. With a bomber, if you hit the bomber, yeah, okay, they're down. They have to get up for a whole turn. Then they can throw again. That's okay. Now, the fact that she's armor seven instead of armor eight, I think is going to be quite important because... I mean, I think I've got video evidence of all of us targeting, which is an interesting NFL uh, uh, penalty. But for Blood Bowl, I think it's very much reasonable. Um, targeting various bombers in various games because actually, you want to do it, and that's oh, the and that, you, that you've got to, you've got to with a with a bomber or a, a chainsaw. You've got to to remove that player or effectively go. There's a section of the pitch that I'm not using particularly with both the bombers having accurate it's that two plus three plus is um it's it's, it's going to work most of the time it's too easy and that's why yeah, you I might get them, lucky but that's why might i find them so part. oppressive and why i think this 50k thing for like a lot of teams is going to be really out of control because bombs is more than just the bomb it completely changes your game plan it forces you to rush it forces you to target and it's just like it's so stressful it's 50k to stress your opponent out it and that's worth the game way state. more. 
it, it really does forces yeah. activation and this is what this is what i i kind of i think about when i think about the the bomber and and, and all of these secret weapons is that if a secret if you've got a secret weapon on it warps the board ball and chain fine they are absolutely you know you can overcome them but to overcome them you have to choose your biggest guy chuck him in with a two or three other guys to make it happen and then yeah fine i've paid 80k for fungus the loon but that 80k has cost a couple of turns of my opponent basically spending their whole turns targeting him bomber is i've got him on the pitch i don't even need to activate him it's threat of activation i just have him there and like ben's saying you have to play on one half of this pitch now or you have to spend activations trying to punch a hole to target him and then you've blitzed bomber instead of my scaven thrower and or you might make a couple more rushes than you would normally do exactly, to score quickly to, to yeah. get to get away i mean apparently it's not as potent as estelle but i mean it, it basically is <clears throat> yeah it's interesting gonna be interesting gonna be her ability is way better i will say that yeah i, I like well, bomber's ability but as yeah i don't know i disagree i think bomber's ability is just is just miles better than hers but that's probably because (laughs) i'm the kind of guy well it's just really liberating and i think there's just this visceral satisfaction of throwing it at an elf (laughs) who catches it on a two plus and it doesn't mean anything with gutter runners who would generally try and catch it and throw it back and yeah. you'd be the player that would do that yeah so now i'm like oh okay throw it to my gutter i don't care two plus five plus there you go have it back um here's the question then so uh, our next tournament will be beachhead in february nothing's going to change rules wise between now and then other than all this players coming legal how many bombers bombers slash cindy are we going to see on the on the Saturday in a 1.1 million build. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll do an over-under. Okay? Over-under, 20% of rosters will have one of one or more of these bombers in. Over? Over. Easy. Okay. Uh, we had 10 out of 38, I think, with bomber yeah. at Bonehead Bowl. So that's, what, 20, 28%? Um, uh, uh, over under thirty percent. Over under thirty percent. Over. I'd say over. Oh. I, I'm guessing forty percent of rosters, which I think is being generous. I think it's going might be over than that. I could see half of them being it. So but... there's there's nine teams that can take bomber, and there's uh... how many times can you afford? Like you have like sixty rerolls of sixty k, but you've got fifty k. And you just chuck in a couple of coaches or something. There's so many times that happens. Now you can just put a bomb on it. And like so many rosters. It's going to be so easy to do. Yeah. Uh, and there's six new teams, six teams that can take um, what's a face and a total of eight teams that can take, no, there's two teams that can take both. No, just ogres, ogres. And... ogres can take both. Yeah. And then there's dwarf, halfling, human, nobility, OWA and Norse who can take Cindy. Because so. imagine bringing a dwarf team and now being able to go for 50k, I can pop a bomber in just behind my line of dwarfs and ha ha ho Yeah, I think I think I think the likelihood of chaos dwarf bomber versus dwarf Cindy is is potentially the new meta. <laughs> oh, I mean, interesting. We haven't had dwarves and chaos dwarves really making a. 
Do you know what? We actually haven't. We've seen a lot of Chaos Dwarves do well, but not... They don't seem ever so popular at our tournaments. I wonder if that's because I, I think our tournaments have got a lot of newer players and getting hold of like the, the, the fringe teams can be a bit, bit of a challenge. Yeah, Maybe that's what it is. Interesting one. Uh, a couple other things to mention, I guess, is that Ripper is back, Ben. Oh, my boy. <laughs> He's back. Five trolls. The, pro the prodigal son returns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's looking pretty good. He's got his uh, special ability once per half. He can re-roll a dice. Oh, so so good. He comes with a re-roll. He's like, what is he, like 200k? He's so cheap. He's 250 and he gets an auto pro, basically. So he can re-roll yeah. a dice or he can re-roll a dice as part of a dive pool that isn't an armor roll. So, And he's got no negatrate. He's strength six. Yeah. Uh, I think That's he's... good value, isn't it? It's really good value. He's not the best. He's got no combat skill. His passing is four plus. He's got no special skills. He can't no, troll vomit. Nice. But he's so I'm going to defend Ripper. He's my boy. Well no, I was going to say he's he's a he's a bit of a a star of all trades instead of a superstar of one. Yeah, well, he really helped the teams throw teammates. That's that's generally what I, I always use them for anyway. It's like throws throwing teammate sucks. <laughs> so you have to roll like thirteen dice and then they fail. Um, which Ripper just does it, and that really helps. And then the strength six piece, like when you don't yeah, need to do that. I was going to say, him being strength six is actually really a little bit underrated, I think. Yeah. Um, he's a tree man that can do things, which is nice. Um, so other stars that are notable, I mean, Nobler coming back is okay. 120k for the chainsaw is, I mean, he's got blodge, fine, and he's got a special ability that means once per game he can chainsaw someone on the ground without fouling, which is pretty sweet. 120k is quite a lot, I think, for the chainsaw, but it's still the cheapest chainsaw that there is to chainsaw with, so that's not bad. Yeah, it's quite a lot, but it is a chainsaw, and if you roll well with a chainsaw, then it's literally grating three spares of, squares of space, and uh, yeah, if you're, if you're painting red on your pitch, then you might want to bring lots of it. <laughs> uh, Puggy's back, who is a strength three blodge halfling which is quite cool. Um, we've got uh, Vomit, Face, Bile, Guts, the bloater that is average. Uh, with the Grass Double Draw, who's got Edge Busted off-season. You know what I was saying earlier when the star players are a teaser for a team coming? Look, he's coming. It's two, two seconds. We're going to circle to that, Ben, because I, <laughs> I, think, I think you're bang on the money. You're so um, excited. Also, um, also, we've got uh, Drool and Dribble, which is cool to see them back. 190k for two yeah. halfling, uh, two um, two skink star players. <coughs> one who stabs, one who stomps. I love that combo. 190k is not the cheapest, but what it does do is it gives teams like Slan and Amazons access to cheap movement eight stunty players. So let's not, you know, don't get too like, yeah, stab is really useful against stuff like hack flare and bomber and things. But actually being able to take two edge three plus stunty movement eight pieces would be great in any team. So that's great. So Amazons kind of got faster with draw and dribble. Look for that to be a kind of sneaky thing. And um, mm, Scrapper Sawhead, um, who... I used to see him quite a lot, right? Scrapper used to be really, really, really popular. He's stayed basically the same. He's actually three plus. He's got Pogo. He's movement seven with sprint. So he's kind of movement 10. And he's got his ability now is uh, if someone passes the ball in the same room, not just on the same pitch as Scrapper, he just stands up and gets that ball. 
that's a wow okay it's a super goblin character it's a bit of hyperbole but no basically if he um if he would roll to interfere with a ball once per game he just gets the ball instead so if you throw a pass kind of in the line of scrapper that is just automatically his ball that is strong (laughs) it is but hey passing's dead so um we got four badlands brawls we got a couple of halflings we got one uh lizard star and a couple of chaos players so one thing to take away and milton was straight on this is uh the chances of me getting an orc or goblin spike are pretty much gone because it feels like they've they've fleshed out all of the orc and goblin star players (coughs) they fleshed out the missing halfling star players what kind of stars are missing and what do you think that means chaos chaos coming i like this coming yeah and i don't see a zinch one there so okay there are no sylvanian spotlight and there are no elven kingdoms so well, I wonder what and what have we got left in the teams of legend that is still need to be ported out of that PDF. That's right. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll leave it now. I'll leave it. You go to the sensible ones. Fine. No, I mean the fact that there are no elves and no undead star players in there, I think is I mean it's not a massive stretch, right? We know that they're going to have they're going to come. So it makes sense for them to leave them out. But the fact they've been left out at this point, I think, is a really good indicator that we are due high elves and vampires or high elves and tomb kings. It's got to be vamps because there's so many rumors about them being playtested with Amazons. I really, I think vampires are literally just around the corner and they're going to arrive with those stars. Yeah, and there was lots of people speaking about it at the weekend, and we've got a real mix for Bonehead Bowl of experienced players and new players and players coming back to it. But there were a lot of people in the room who were like, yeah, vampires drop in January or February on buying a vampire's team because I want to play them. And and, and it, there's a lot of people ready to play them. Um, I'm not sure that they will drop teams based on how they will sell, but... Yeah, I think a lot of people will play vampires. We could see a real vampire-y boathead bowl next year. I, I think so. And it's because they've got a different way of playing, a different play style, and the teams that they've got left, they're all going to sell brilliantly. High Elves have got style. They've got a chance to make them a real shootout team, which is going to be awesome. Tomb Kings, you've got the Guardians, and you've got that. I mean, Kemri aesthetic is just awesome. Vampires, they've got awesome vampire aesthetic plus a different play style. And then Chaos Dwarves are just kind of this weird kind of mid-range powerhouse. So every one of these teams is going to be great. And Ben has massively highlighted the fact that actually there's so much not there that there's so much design space that it could be coming because lewd grip is, is is i don't know if he's zinch or slanesh i think he's slanesh right he's slanesh. yeah yeah it's him and double drill like the bros. well lewd grip should have been back yeah he was a staple i saw him load yeah he was an absolute staple uh vomit face is a, such a forgettable guy Double draw was great. His edge nerf is is a bit of a shame. Um, 
but the fact he's like a, a tackle piece is really useful but the lack of lewd grip i agree with ben does smack of that's a that's a that's a decision point that they've left him out and inserted uh old vomit face the the question for me is why they've inserted vomit face instead of bringing back tolly glocklinger or whatever the or monstrous mouth boy um you know there's a couple of players guffle Pussmore, that they kind of introduced and they had like they had actual purposes with with special rules right or is guffle Pussmore mm. in it he's not in it is he he got introduced with monstrous mouth as a new skill and then it got rolled into 2020 as a real skill yeah it's like going up huh i don't even remember this guy showing up which one Pussmore. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I remember him arriving as a new guy. I feel really bad because this Nurgle guy may be like a really famous and, and forever player, but I, I, I didn't No know. one's playing Nurgle. <laughs> yeah. I think I might have just missed him. So no disrespect, excuse me, to, to, to Nurgle players of old who enjoyed that guy being on your team. But yeah, I mean, I think the the lack of those players is a massively strong indicator that we're going to see. I personally still think Vamps will be the next team. Uh, yeah, I think that's sensible. I, uh, I'd like to see it. Does, does it line up with the Cursed Pigs then? I remember when, or are they done with that? I think this was the last, last one. Yeah, it said in, it was the, here's the last expansion and then we're going to recall uh, the game. <laughs> going to move all the remaining vampire ideas they had into the Blood Bowl team. That's fine. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> Uh, we'll see we'll see count luther surely because he's one of the ones that are missing i don't know if they'll include a kemri star player in the vampire spike oh what like um ramtut yeah yeah there's a there's a whole bunch of older star players from the crp era that i don't know if they'll bring back it either i mean it's been so long since I've thought about the CRP stars. I'm assuming if they bring vampires in, they'll bring a vampire star. They'll bring a big guy star of their own creation, like a, a Vargul or something. And then they'll bring some other... Some new guy. They could have like a super thrall. You know, if they bring Bloodlust back when they redo the team, there could be a guy who's just like, you know, if he's nearby, they automatically pass, that kind of thing. I could see them doing that. Uh, well, like they could, you, you, could, you could see that as a positional, but I, I wonder if there's a if there's a ghoul star player that there used to be yeah. in, in in CRP. I could see them introducing him. I mean, there's a lot of stuff they could do, <coughs> um, but just the complete lack of Sylvanian spotlight uh, or Elven kingdoms here, you know, it, it does feel like they're like, well, let's save all of that for next, yeah. and let's just backfill Badlands brawls. Um, because they've they've basically completed this now. Uh, yeah. That's not fair. There's always more stars to go back and find. Uh, for example, we're missing old uh, Migs, the the masher, the squig player, because they're saving him for the squig team. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Squigs and Slanesh, Ben. We haven't had any luck. Oh, one day, one day we'll be just like, yes, we called it. <laughs> Gonna need to brew up. I think new predictions for an episode in the next month, I guess, aren't we, guys? Yeah. <laughs> I think a 0 for 2 success rate at this point. <laughs> Broken clocks, oh, right? At least, at least yeah. we know next year not to go, oh, yeah, which of the three teams will be released? It'll be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Over, under. Yeah. Yeah. 
not so good anyway guys um i think that's the biggest impacts that have happened in blood bowl over the last month uh and I, like i said a massive thank you to everyone who came to the, our last tournament had a really good time hopefully it was brilliant to, to catch up with you all and um i cannot wait for beachhead now we're a little way out we're going to start ramping up to it soon and it's going to be really 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 good fun but trips ben anything to add guys no fantastic yeah um well thank you very much for hanging out and chatting blood bowl it's always good to catch up with you both especially ben after your last you know month of traveling around the rainforest great oh good highly recommend (laughs) right cool we are going to wrap up thank you very much for watching we'll be back soon with more blood bowl content happy blocking